Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio 2.0, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. It's Damien, and welcome to Geekologist Radio 2.0, the year-end review show, where we're going to be bringing you our favorite movies and TV shows of 2018. And guys, I'm back. Uh, you know, technical difficulties, all sorts of stuff that went on in you know, a move, and then, uh, you know, having a microphone go on the fritz. I am now using a snowball, so you might hear a little bit of a, a different difference in the audio. As soon as I can, I'm going to get the Yeti repaired, but for now, guys... I'm back, and you know who else is back? Silver. Holy hell. Hey. She's alive. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you only see That's her on the Microsoft Xbox window playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> Yeah, and that's only because I finally finished uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. And that so. other voice you heard there is none other than Nick in PDX. Nick, what's going on? I think I have to come up there and show you how to package a, a microphone before you move, because it doesn't seem like you know how to. Dude, I ne- I'm so anal retentive about my electronics that this is like, this is like blows my mind. So, uh, you know, but hey, you know, the snowball's working so far. Everything's, everything's going good. Only thing is I'm having to lean down so you just see my big shiny bald head. Uh, so I'm going to have to make sure I get it on the arm and then a longer cord because it's a different type of USB, but it's a lot sturdier than the, than the Yeti as well. Uh, but guys, uh, check us out. Our email at geekol or geekologistradio at gmail.com. You can find us on Discord. Man, our Discord actually has gotten pretty, like, you know, our Discord, most days, the holidays, we were a little quiet. But most days, we have some pretty interesting interesting stuff going on there. Uh, the community is actually picking up. We're getting more members coming in for that. And uh, it, that's always a good time in there with those guys. Most of those guys, yeah, they follow me because, uh, guys, I'm streaming. Uh, I stream every other week pretty much right now. And I'm going to be streaming a lot more here soon over on Mixer. Uh, still working on getting my page and everything and all my bots and everything set up. But the transition from Twitch to Mixer is happening and it's been a blast over there with Folded Broom and and uh, game uh, games with Chin, aka Keith. Uh, I mean, I've had some amazing times over there, and we're getting ready to start. Eventually, I'm going to be having my debut playing some D and D with those guys. And this, when they do D and D live, oh my god, you never know who's going to show up. Uh, Mario, perverted Mario, showed up the last time, and that was quite interesting. <laughs> you know, Damien, if you want. Uh... Silver Soul staff is about to start a D&D campaign on Saturdays if you want to join. We start My on problem is, is that I work every other Saturday. So, yeah. Uh, I'm all in. I'm all in, Silver. If I can make it, I will definitely join sweet. a couple times. I've never played before, though, but I'm totally cool. interested in, in finding out how. I'll tag you in the channel later. Yeah, you can get some good. details nice. from the DM. Nice, nice. So, first off, uh, I'm going to toss it over to 
silver because we're gonna we have a three top stories of the year, and silver you pop one in here, which was a pretty big deal because for a show that it that of of its caliber, you know, you think it's doing pretty good, all this stuff, then all of a sudden it gets canceled and then it's not. So silver, I'm gonna let you introduce the show. Yeah, so I'm sure you guys are uh, aware I'm a big fan of uh, comedies in general. Well, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is one of my big favorites. I grew up watching Saturday Night Live, so Andy Samberg has kind of a special place for me. And uh, when Fox announced that they were canceling it, uh, everybody kind of freaked out, myself included. Um, I think believe their reasoning was largely people weren't really watching it live, they were just streaming it, which... Doesn't make as much of a difference as some people. Not think. with advertisement um, anymore or DVR. Or yeah, of, they they can they can log all that stuff. Exactly, now. exactly. A lot of it was DVR and not not just places like Hulu. Um, so when it Fox is notorious for yes. canceling good shows for no reason, so everybody was like, "Whoa, what the hell?" And NBC, who actually stated that they regret letting it go when it came when it was first pitched to them because uh uh the creator i can um not remember his first name right now but uh uh, his last name sure all of his shows have been nbc he was writer for saturday night live he did parks and recreation his stuff is always nbc so for them to let nine nine go to uh fox was surprising but they said they've regretted it ever since and so they swooped in with in like what 20 hours it hadn't even been a full day before they went ahead and uh, jumped on it. But that returns here yeah, in I'm five really days now. I'm excited for the new season. I'm excited that NBC picked it back up. I'm with you on the silver. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, one of the best shows out there. One of the funniest shows for me. Uh, there is We are losing one of the main characters, though. Uh, uh, yeah, Gina. What, Gina. Uh, I shouldn't have brought it up. I can't remember her name, damn it. Uh, what's her name? What's the actress's name? Uh, shoot. Yeah, but Gina. We're losing Gina. And this is part where the good internet comes in. And it's like, hey, this is really good. Andy Samberg's really good. The show is, is, Terry Crews is fantastic. This is where the good internet comes in. It's like, hey, save this show. And like you said, NBC regretted always letting it go in the first place. Yeah, and, uh, they're doing a little differently this time. Instead of, uh, leaving on a cliffhanger like they did with... Uh, season five, it ended with uh, the wedding and not knowing whether or not Captain Holt took the uh, commissioner job. They realized that that's a bad idea when you could be canceled <laughs> at any moment for no reason. So they, he said from now on, they're doing a season finale that will work as a series finale in a worst case scenario. We do only get 18 episodes instead of the usual 22 or 23, but... 18's great. I'm, I'm fine with 18. And that's, yeah. and that's something that Netflix does, too. Bill Burr talks about it for, like, F is her family. They say make a continuation through the series, but also it ends at the season because, like you said, it can be canceled. Exactly. Yeah. Wrap it up, but, in a, you know, wrap up in a way that you can continue, but in a way that if you can't, it's okay. People will still be satisfied because there's so many shows that have, you know, been cut off and it's like, well, Firefly? wait a minute. Yeah. 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 That's there you go. Fox. Fox yeah. cancellation. Or like ninety percent of anime <laughs> ever. It's either twelve episodes or three thousand. There's no in between. We taught, We had good internet. Now we have a little bad internet. Uh, Nick, I'm tossing this one over to you. Yeah, this was really disappointing, and we, and we brought it up when it happened. But this is, I'm talking about James Gunn being fired by Disney. 
over some old tweets. It's not like he got caught in some Me Too situation or he was being brought up on charges. It was just some old tweets because of the group that he was with. They were very controversial and he kind of moved on from that and grown from that and apologized way before these tweets came back out again. I wish he would have deleted them, but he left them on there. People came out, bad internet, and now James Gunn is fired from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Luckily, they are going to use his script for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which is fantastic. And in 2019, we can all look forward to Brightburn, which is something we were going to review, but Damon had bad uh, microphone uh, traveling skills. So we couldn't review Brightburn the trailer, but we still will review Brightburn the trailer. It's going to be directed by James Gunn. It is directed by James Gunn, sorry, and written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn, his brother and cousin. So we have that to look forward for James Gunn and the future. And he's going to come out with new stuff and better stuff. He's a fantastic director. So I'm not worried about DC's it. DC's all over him. What's that? DC is all over him. Yeah, I mean, he could direct the, you know, the Justice League way better than anybody else. His ensemble cast on Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the best. I think Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is like one of our one or top two, Damien, of MCU movies. I know... Thor Ragnarok still is my number one, but it's right. Thor up there. Ragnarok's amazing. It's, yeah, it's still the best. Another good thing that happened. It originally I was kind of a little iffy on it, because, but then when I found out that you know we got the Predator, but the Predator didn't do so well. But we'll talk more about that later. Uh, uh, but Disney is going forward with an alien. Anyway, that that's something else for another episode. <laughs> Disney purchased the rights to all Fox, most of Fox properties. That means we are going to get X-Men movies produced by the the powerhouse Marvel. We're, we're like we're getting we got them back in house. We just need to get Sony to loosen that grip. But I'm t- telling you, I don't know if we're going to get Spider-Man ever officially about fully back just because of how well that animated uh, film Into the Spider-Verse is doing. Like they got their they got their clutches on Spider-Man still. Like some of yours, yeah. Not to and mention the game. their game. And the game. But after yes. uh, Homecoming 2, actually the contract, I believe, or what I read, the contract has to be re-upped with MCU and Sony again to get the rights for them to keep using Spider-Man as the character. So Disney actually doesn't really own Spider-Man right now. It's basically on a lease. Yeah. So I, do, I don't see Sony ever really letting go of that property. That's I, I can maker. see them leasing him still. I still can see him because, I mean, they make money. So I, Just I like Silver said, Spider-Man 2, the video game, will come out in two years and it'll be a hit again, you know, so. Yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, now on to the biggest flops of 2018, which, oof, oof. Yeah, and we can go through these pretty quick and I'll run through the first couple here. Mortal Engines, which my son just went and saw last night that he loved. He said, but he's 11. Um, me and Damien had reviewed this trailer. We had liked how it looked. Budget 100 million, box office 62 million. Ouch. Yeah, I haven't, I didn't even know it was out yet. But then again, it's like I've been out of the whole movie going thing for a little bit because of the move and just everything else. Uh, that is, that's, that's hard. That's a hard hit thing because that's Peter Jackson, his, he hasn't been doing so well since he's gotten out of Lord of the Rings. Well, he has like home runs and then he has like base hits, but then he has like foul balls, you know? So 
Uh, I mean, like King. It's starting to feel like M. Sh- uh, M. Night Shyamalan. King Kong was awesome. I like King, King Kong, Kong was good, but and it made money. But was it like a box office hit at the time? I don't remember. I don't think it was. I don't remember everybody rushing out to the theaters to go see it. That was one of my first games I got on the 360, and I 100%ed it for achievements. <laughs> put that on your put that on your tombstone. Right on my resume. <laughs> yeah, or your resume. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the next one is Annihilation, something I didn't even care about seeing. I don't know if anyone, if you two have seen it. For $40 million. It's so good. It's so good. But $40 million budget and gross, man, is $32 million for box office. I know. That's, and, but That's bad. Now, but that's a Netflix original too. Oh, is that? Okay. And it, it's a Netflix original. Uh, the, the It has one of the creepiest monster kind of scenes that i've ever experienced with the way that they did it and everything like my kid my my sons and i when we watched it were just like that is creepy as all hell but it's so interesting but i think what they what happened with it is i think with a name like annihilation you're thinking oh this is gonna be in your face this is gonna be amazing this is gonna be you know just monster heavy and all this it was kind of the wrong wording for what it was. Like, I mean, it made sense in the end, but it was such a science-driven, uh, like, biology-driven heavy film that I think that's where it kind of lost some of its audience. When people hear Annihilation, they're thinking, like, oh, aliens and predators and things like that. They're not thinking what they got. So if you go into it open-minded you can wind up with a pretty good kind of sci-fi thriller. Are you care bearing this? I'm a little bit because <laughs> I liked it that much. No, that's cool. Uh, it's okay when you like something different and it's not a, it's not a hit. I, I like a lot was, of movies that are not hits and, and I don't understand why they're not hits. Cause I love them. It was not something that, um, it was not what I expected. And that initially annoyed me, but <laughs> it, but it did turn into something that I enjoyed. Well, let's talk about something else that was not expected, and that was the Fast and the Furious director coming out with a new series that he thought would be like a trilogy, The Hurricane Heist, and budget of $30 million and a box office of $6 million. Oof. That's That's insane. a big hit right there. And I, that is. And he's the director is... of the last two Fast and the Furious movies, and I think he was just trying to come up with something new, and it just didn't work. The audience didn't feel it this year. I, I don't remember what movie it was, but I saw a trailer for it in the theater, and I was like, what the <laughs> hell is this? I was Sharknado? like, is this like a, a worse Yeah, that's, of what, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> and, and, and people were making the, I don't know if it was a long-term meme, but there was a, definitely a meme about Sharknado and Hurricane Heist of like a big-budget Sharknado movie coming out to the theaters. And it did worse than Sharknado. <laughs> wow. wow. Any of that them. Is, that is hard. This next one, A Wrinkle in Time, had a budget of $130 million and box off of $132 million. See, the thing about A Wrinkle in Time, and Disney made a made-for-TV movie of Wrinkle in Time way back in the, in the day. I remember watching it. I was so excited because I read the book in grade school. The book reading in grade school, for one thing, is a really heavy book to read uh, in, in grade school. The movie, like, it's just... I, I liked it. They did write by the book is how I felt. Uh, they It's just that I feel that it's it's a, it's a niche market. And it, so it was a very risky thing. Uh, something where like I saw this and I liked it because I liked the book. 
was another thing where I saw a movie and I liked it, but I hadn't read the book, which is I saw the movie, uh, you know, it was uh, John, John Carter. And I absolutely loved the film. I have never read the book and people who had read the books. And that was, that was a huge flop for Disney as well. Um, but this Disney, this only make it 132 million, which is 2 million over, but we got to think about marketing. We got to mm-hmm. think about that. You know what, what, uh, uh, the overseas marketing was too, and that's not domestic. I wrote down the whole what what it would grow so far in the world: 132 million, which is ouch, uh, ouch, yeah, ouch, ouch, ouch. Book movies are yes, such a hit or yes. miss. You know, they're either a dramatic, you know, like hit like The Hunger Games or Twilight, Green Mile, or you know, like either, oh my god, it's one of the. Yeah. It's, uh, one of Stephen King's absolute greatest movies, but like then there's some that, uh, um, this one, The Darkest Minds, and uh, there, um, even they released uh, the Murder of the Orient, Orient, Orient Express. Oh, I love that Orient film. Express with Johnny Depp, loved it. No, I didn't, didn't do that it. well. I I thought it was okay. My wife loved it. I just I didn't really care for it. And then you get your occasional film that, you know, does well enough to get a sequel or two, like Percy Jackson or The Maze Runner, but they still don't own up to the books, so they didn't blow up, like, uh, you know, The Hunger Games and, and uh, you know, Harry Potter, stuff like that. So, there's a, as soon as, when I was a teenager, if they announced a book movie, I was ecstatic. But then, but now, uh, you know, at closer to 30, I'm like, uh, <laughs> why keep doing this? Because... There hasn't been a hit since, Don't you know, worry, those Amazon's other series. Don't worry, Lord of the Rings series, so we'll, we'll, we'll wait till then. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, oh, it's God. actually supposed to be good. It's got the, it's one of the biggest budget. It's one of the biggest budgets out there. Budgets yeah. out there, yeah. It's one of those things that just shouldn't be Well, it's be not remade. a remake. It's a prequel, it so I'm hoping, yeah. I'm hoping we get storylines following the Shadows oh. of Mordor games. That's what I want. Interesting. Okay, now you've All right, well, we'll keep moving on here. And this is something me and Damien talked about the trailer. Me and Damien have both watched this movie. And I don't know how much you loved it, Damien, but I really... I loved it. I loved God, it. God, I could barely get through it, man. I thought it was oh terrible. Oh, my God. I, I've seen it three times so far. I you should watch, watch this. Over. There is some funny scenes, that laugh-out-loud scenes. There is one where a puppet is in his private eye detective office, and Silly String is going everywhere, and it's quite funny. But... Overall, the movie is a big, flat, just fail for me, and that is the Happy Time Murders budget of a hundred. Uh, sorry, budget of forty million dollars. Box office twenty-seven million dollars, and again, it just did not hit for me at all. It was really hard for me to finish. I had to like stay awake to try to even get it done. Uh, see, I enjoyed the hell out of it, but then again, I like that raunchy kind of sense of humor. I so. like the raunchy stuff, but I don't think there was enough of it. I mean, the okay, prostitute okay. puppet saying, do you want some of my rotten cotton almost made me fall off my couch. It's one of the funniest lines I've ever heard, but it just <laughs> seemed like it didn't play enough of those things. And A puppet of the old detective being a private eye, it, I, I get it, but it just, it was it was close. It just wasn't there for me. Okay. See, I want to see it just because I love Melissa McCarthy. I love her sense of humor. I love her films. So we just I haven't had a chance too, to see it. But she is putting out a lot of bad movies, and I'd even put her second one up here this year. Actually, three of them. She's had three flops this year. She had a return to a college one, and she had uh, as her as a CEO one, too, of Girl Scout cookies or something like that. I can't think of the name. That one I, that one I did see. That one, it wasn't the best, but it was watchable 
Um, I haven't seen the other two, but like when she did movies like The Heat or yeah, Tammy, I love the Heat. those yeah, were I like great. Tammy, that was fine with me. Yeah, Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. But I think as an ensemble cast and her being one of the cast members, it might be better suited for her. As her being the lead, what she's been a lead of several times, it's not really ever worked out. It's worked out a couple times. Sorry, it, it just didn't work out this year. Shh. She works best with somebody else like the Heat and yeah, Identity. I like the Ghostbusters. And, I loved Ghostbusters. Yeah, and I was then so the Heat, angry you're right, the... Silver. I really enjoyed the Heat. I, I can't remember what it was on Rotten Tomato. I can't remember what it made money, but I, I just love the movie. Next up, uh, last on our list that we have here is Robin Hood. Now, we were all excited about this. I never got I didn't another one I didn't get a chance to go see, so I can't say my opinion on it. Budget of $100 million, box office of 73 million and again that's total gross that's not domestic that's total gross and you got to add in the marketing they paid for i mean that's a very expensive movie that flopped really hard jamie fox as i mean i didn't want to it's a movie that they made that nobody was really asking for again though yeah it was and it felt like they were trying to ride the coattails of uh of the kingsman is what it felt like. Oh, and yeah, absolutely. And they're taking, you know, old, you know, medieval times and trying to make an action-packed and high, you know, stakes and big explosions. And really? I mean, Kevin Costner kind of nailed it. Yeah, I mean, we kind of had something similar happen with, you know, with Arthur or King Arthur. Uh, like, I loved, true, I yeah. loved it. I loved it, but it's not going to be the beginning of a seer of a trilogy that I think that, you know, we thought we we're going to get. But uh, we're going to go into now something that's going to be hopefully a little bit more happier. (laughs) Like we're going to go into our own happy times right now. And uh, that silly string galore, uh, top 10 movies of 2018. My silly string's ready. How about yours? (laughs) It is locked and locked. Oh, God. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Uh, That was a funny part of the movie. That was a funny part. Leave the room. Yeah. Oh, you're going to leave me and Damien alone? No, I don't think that's cool. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So without further ado, Silver, we'll let you start out. So we're just going to go in order on here. Our top 10 movies. Number 10. Uh, number 10 for me was Deadpool 2. It hit uh, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is great for, um, you know, like uh, raunchy comedy, you know, as we were just talking about. Um, I didn't enjoy it quite as much as the first one, but I, it was a lot of fun to see. I thought, um, uh, uh, I'm losing my sense of thought here. I thought the cast was great. I thought the storyline was great. It's just fun seeing them let Ryan Reynolds. It is. It is like, I mean, (laughs) you've got a movie that re-released as a PG-13 title and still made, made more money. Right, I have. Um, I didn't go see it because I was like, you know, this is more something that I'll, I'll like get yeah, on DVD or here. you know rent. Uh, but as soon as I saw the trailer where with Fred uh, Savage, uh, Fred Savage in the bed in the like the exact same bedroom, I just laughed so hard. It is so one hard. of my favorite movies, probably all time. It's always up there. I rewatch it at least once a year. Um, my wife, it's one of her favorite movies too. So rewatching that and seeing him in the bed with Ryan Riddles as Deadpool is beautiful. But a lot of critics didn't like it not being PG thirteen. A lot of critics didn't like it not having an R rating on there. Um, but you're right, Damon. It still made money. Yeah, and so I mean that's the thing is like they they made money with it. Uh, I'm just gonna say Deadpool. Deadpool is on my list. So when we get to that, 
we will. I, I'll just we'll quickly go through it. But Deadpool for me, um, I loved. I love Deadpool too. Uh, it was one of those things where it's it had some of the most shocking because I I deliberately, I deliberately actually kind of held myself back from looking for information on Deadpool two prior to going into seeing it, and so then when I went to see it, it had moments that were completely shocking and exciting as in the reveal of the real juggernaut <laughs> yes now, so good yeah deadpool is also on my on my uh my list also it's a little bit higher up than silver but again when we get to it we'll just go past it uh i just got ryan riddles does it again he's fantastic josh berlin as a as cable is amazing and then oh i really God, love yeah. zaza beats as the character domino i think she really killed it and the movie really picked up for me in the second half when they introduced the x-factor team and then i won't spoil it but then what happens to the x-factor team it's really from there i was like oh my god that's what they're doing it just took it to all another level because who really has the balls to do that deadpool does yeah, that that's it. But you know, we we have our favorite member of X Factor, X Force, not X Factor, X Force. X Force is uh, Peter. Yes, Peter. Did I put? Everybody did I Peter. write yes. down X Factor and say that? I think you said X Factor. Did I really? I know. I we be, we did it before. I be, God, I did do that before. It is X Force. Yeah. Oh my God, I should be killed. X Men's my favorite. Ugh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take away my geek card. I can't believe I wrote down X Factor again. It's a stupid music show my wife watches. I hate that thing. <laughs> I, I watched it on YouTube. Geek I watched it on YouTube, shredded. so I can't, I can't really really talk too much. Ugh. All right, so Nick, what's your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is Thunder Road. Now, uh, it's written and directed and starred by Jim Cummings. He is a flawed police officer who his mother passed away and it's really hard for him to handle it. Um, he's unhinged. It is completely and entirely hilarious. It's 97% on Rotten Tomato. It's one of these funny indie movies that I love to death. Um, honestly, I could not find how much money it grossed this year. I looked everywhere. It just, I couldn't figure it out. But the opening scene at the funeral of his mother, where he's trying to get the batteries to work into this little pink radio and do a dance number, it is one of the most funniest opening scenes in any movie. So if you have not seen Thunder Road this year and you missed it, it's a definitely must watch. Awesome. My number 10, I actually, I didn't see it in theaters. I just actually saw it uh, over the, or right right over the holidays, right before, right before Christmas. And I finally saw Game Night. And it is so cleverly done. And the comedy just hits right there. Uh, it really, really did feel a little bit. There was some of that Arrested Development humor, kind of, kind of seeped into it. But you can't, you can't, can't really escape too much of that. When you have Jason Bateman, it's Jason. Bateman. It, yeah, yeah, it's Jason. Yeah, Jason Bateman's Jason. Bateman. Jason yeah. Bateman has been Jason Bateman from Teen Wolf too. You know, it's like he doesn't really. It's yeah, I'm, hard, I'm going back yeah. there. I'm going back there. Like he, he, he plays different characters, but he has a very distinct sense of humor. Yeah, he's like he rates up there with me. His type of sense of humor. And how it is fits with him is very distinct. Like John Candy's sense of humor was very John Candy. And, you know? and Jason Bateman actually has kind of this dry British humor almost. Yes, where, and I love it. Yeah, he's very dry, but it's hilarious. And Game Night almost made my top 10. It's probably my top 15. So good choice, Damon. I really enjoyed this uh, movie. I'd put it in the top 15 as well. We redboxed it uh, 
one of our lazy nice. pizza nights. It was uh, we picked up that, and um, I don't remember some horror movie that wasn't even good enough to remember. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I agree. I think uh, Jason Bateman, he's very deadpan, and I think that's uh, like what makes him hilarious. And that movie, the whole, the whole cast, cast was great. Was great. Yeah. It was the it whole really was the. It was. It's a fun watch. That's one that I think a lot of people have uh, passed over. You know, maybe the premise doesn't seem very interesting to them or anything. But that I would definitely recommend Game Night to anybody who wants just a. There's it's two a modern day comedy. clue. Yeah, it, you're right. That is kind of like a clue. There's two comedies though: Game Night, and then the other one for me that probably is my top twenty is Blockers that a lot of people miss, but I thought it was really funny too. Oh, I, I want to see that one so bad. We haven't. That, oh. I think he's he he's really funny. <laughs> He was in funny in that Amy Schumer movie too, uh, Trainwreck. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I like him. He's come a long way since doing the Marine. Well, that's an action movie. I think, I think the comedy, romantic comedy. I think that's more his stride. He's really good yeah. at this. Yeah, he's really good. He's really funny. I kind of want to see him in a twins movie. Like, I would love to see. <laughs> I'd love to see triplets, and I'd love him to be the triplet. I actually saw him in. Uh... Uh, Daddy's Home 2 the other night. We watched it uh, over Christmas weekend, and, and yeah. he was in that I one, I do too. have bad news for you guys, though. In 2019, John Cena is rumored to play the next Duke Nukem, which sounds like a big fail to me, but we'll see. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. He, I mean, he's got the jawline, and like, he can do he the haircut. I'm not the Duke Nukem character, but I just don't think those roles fit him. I just don't want a video game movie based off of Duke Nukem because of you know I I'm a fan of Doom like when I went to, when I went to play Doom or when I went to see Doom in theaters I actually went in my buddy he brought a keyboard and mouse I brought a controller and we all sat in the front row and there was a whole bunch of us that all thought of the same idea so we all sat all of us just random geeks and stuff sat together and when we went to that first person mode on it it was brilliant like everybody's freaking out over it. but I'm sorry. Dwayne Johnson, I love The Rock, but his role in that film was just so goofy. I, Keith, Ur- yeah. or Keith Urban, Jesus, not Keith Urban. Keith, uh, <laughs> Carl, Carl Urban, Carl Urban was a great was great for the role. But even Carl Urban was not. I mean, when you think of the Space Marine, you think of someone beefy. Like I would see, I could see someone, play, you know, big playing the Space Marine, not not Carl Carl Urban, but. The movie still stands out as something that I enjoyed, even though it's very schlock to me. This I'm terrified of because it's like it feels like it's might as well. When I hear it, I first thing I think of is, yeah, might as well just already stick a fork in it's done and hand the rights over to Yule Bull. <laughs> but doesn't isn't Duke Nukem kind of an '80s character, like an '80s he movie? Is, he is. Ladies he is. with you know strippers, ladies with big with you know big chess and everything like that i don't know if that works in today's movies you know it it might not but the thing is is if they take on duke nukem and they in the same way that uh uh is it let's see is it they're real or they're watching the one with roddy 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 piper oh where yeah duke nukem got most of his word his <laughs> terms from if you take if you take that if you take that movie as the basis and then you make you make Duke Nukem based off of that film as almost like a reflection of it, of a, like a mirrored image. Then you would get enough nostalgia humor with that that you could actually maybe be successful. Well, we went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> well, it happens. Yeah. So number nine for silver. If I can pull up my list here, 
Uh, my number nine is Aquaman, which we just saw um, on Christmas nice. Day, actually. It's kind of a thing that uh, my in-laws do is on uh, Christmas and New Year's, they go see... No, Christmas and Thanksgiving, sorry. They go see a movie, and uh, this year it was Aquaman, because my sister-in-law, surprisingly, is a big fan. Although, I honestly don't know if she's a fan of Aquaman or Jason, but at that point, I think it's kind of that way for everybody, so well, I didn't quite blame her. Well, my sister does not care about superhero movies, and she wanted to go see Jason Momoa play as Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah. See? There I, you go. Go ahead. Um, uh, this one, it, I think we're finally seeing a turnaround for DC. You know, Wonder Woman kicked ass, but now Aquaman has come in and uh, beaten her box office in a week and a half. Yeah, you're correct weeks. on that. It, it did beat the box office. Uh, 64% of Rotten Tomato. Silver, I watched it, and you know what I thought of was like the King Arthur story. He has to go find the sword to be the king, and that's kind of what... Which is where his yeah, name yeah, comes from. Yeah, and that's kind of what Aquaman had to do. He had to go find the trident to become the king and be the rightful heir. Um, it hit on me on some points. Uh, I, I do like the middle part of it where they go try to find the trident. That was really fun. Um, some of it just didn't hit for me. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Second best DC movie out there. The biggest thing for me is I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of James Wan yeah. films. Like uh, Saw, Dead Silent, um, uh, 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 the Conjuring, Annabelle. Oh my God! Like I love. His Didn't you like Patrick so Wilson in it too? Um, passing Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Yeah, yes, it was. It was really weird seeing him in in like the bad yeah, and guy as role. Ocean Master. He's not. The Ocean Master is a, a bad guy that Aquaman fights throughout the comic books. So him being Ocean Master, which is he will name himself, and Aquaman too. I hope he comes back in that role because I thought he was great. Well, and I'm excited because it did. You know, no spoilers. It did, it did yeah. leave it open for a sequel and which is awesome because it looks like we'll see more of bd wong who i'm also yeah, a big this, fan of. I, I i'm i'm with you on this it's definitely gonna be a sequel and good on dc from uh turning the tide here and getting some right characters playing the right roles the right actors i mean playing the right roles as in you know wonder woman aquaman and hopefully the flash movie does the same no uh no pun in, no pun intended there turning the tide <laughs> turning the tide <laughs> <laughs> jason momoa and gal gadot are single-handedly saving the dc universe absolutely and they are amazing next up on uh, for number nine we got nick with blind spotting yeah blind spotting is co-wrote and starred by david diggs and rafael Casal, which is about a guy two guys in oakland trying to really discover who they are and what they want to be and david diggs uh playing colin has to survive three more days of probation without getting in trouble and his friend is kind of a uh, carries a gun with him. Is kind of out there. Um, it's an Oakland story. It also has uh, a police shooting in it, and he witnesses, and he really has to figure out who he is and how he how he goes on from seeing this. It's a really touching story. Um, it's funny at sometimes. It's romantic at sometimes. It has a little bit of action in it, and the ending is very very intense. And I really loved it. Blind spotting for me is my number nine. Nice. So number nine for me, uh, we almost went up a, quite a, a few more spots, but it just there was a lot of different things that I liked this year, uh, and some of it I liked because of fandom, and I will I'm fully willing to admit that. Uh, but Jurassic World was my number nine, and I liked it. It like I felt like the 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 first one Jurassic World was just 
over the top amazing. Like I really, really enjoyed it. Super, super enjoyed it. This one. So you got to kind of pull back, pull back the, the the layers here. What happened was originally what they wanted to do, and this was back when Michael Crichton was still alive, and he even was part of these storylines that were being written, was that they were combining human DNA with the dinosaurs and creating hybrid dinosaur soldiers for fighting. And it was going to be basically almost like a post-apocalyptic world where we're fighting half dinosaur, dinosaur hybrids, which got the studios goes, no, 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 thank God. But what they did is they still paid, they've still been paying homage to that by, you know, oh, there's human DNA in these dinosaurs. Like there's, they're mixing in some DNA with that, making them smarter. The whole war, the whole making them for battle, you know, for fighting kind of stuff. That's all been part of this new storyline for Jurassic World. And it's not, you know, basically what they did is they took an idea that was like, oh my God, please don't do this. Don't make them, you know, mutant into turtles. And then they turned it and made it into something that was that's actually was entertaining and intriguing to see because now we have dinosaurs everywhere. And now it's going to be kind of like this situation where it's like bright and you got dragons and all these other things coming around. We got to learn to deal with having dinosaurs everywhere. Can the brontosaurus be Donatello? I just think that fits him. Oh my god. (laughs) Raphael's T-Rex because he has an attitude. (laughs) Little arms though. Yeah, um, yeah, The Fallen Kingdom is actually uh, number 8 on my list. Uh, it it stood out for me because it's got more of a horror element than the, than the others in the series, and you're about to see a huge horror trend in my <laughs> list coming up uh, after Jurassic World. So that was what you know uh, really got me was yeah it was a badass movie like the first one, but it kind of had me on the edge of my seat, and I was just really drawn into it. So that one had to make my top ten nice. for sure. Nick, what do you think of it? Uh, I have not seen Jurassic. World Fallen Kingdom. I'm not the biggest Jurassic Park fan as you guys are. I do like the original trilogy. I did like the last one, but I knew this one wasn't going to be good, so I didn't go see it. Bruh, I have already seen it more than once. It's gotten 48% on Rotten Tomatoes, and sometimes that does throw me a little bit when I see that. So I do love Chris Pratt. It's just something that I have not seen yet. And I really you, gonna blame Master need, Chef here because Master Chef has really taken over my life. You know what? You need you need to watch it. It, it no, is good. I, I should watch I've it. Seen it a few I times. really should. It's just something I have not seen. I went and saw it in theaters with my 25th anniversary Jurassic World bucket hat. I bought at Universal <laughs> Studios over the summer. That's beautiful. My my uh, nephews my nephews were with us. They're like they're like Aunt Tira, that is so cool. I'm like yeah, it is. <laughs> so you're number eight. So we know we know Tyranny is number eight. So, Nick, your number eight happens to be one of is also on my list, uh, but not as number eight. But is Ant Man and the Wasp? Yeah, eighty eighty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's another ensemble cast that really works for the MCU. Um, Paul Rudd's hilarious, you know. Ava, uh, Evangeline Lily. Why can I never say her first name? Evangeline. Avich, yeah. God, no, Evangeline. I don't know. I have really problems with pronouncing <laughs> some words, but. This cast is full of just great people. Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Lawrence mm-hmm. Fishburne, Walton Go- uh, Bo- 
Walton Goggins, Walton Goggins. Bobby uh, Cannavale, and Michael Pena, who Michael Pena is probably my favorite character. In, in, he stole the show. I really believe so. And then also just the ending, the the extra screen credits that tied into the Affinity War, even though it was after, it was beautifully done. I really enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, it almost didn't make my top 10 because I was thinking of some other movies that I really wanted to put in there. But it's just so damn good I had to put it in there. And it made this gross $216 million. I mean, it's yeah, it, was it was a box office. It was so business. good. Like yeah. I loved it. I loved it so much. Ant-Man is just one of those characters that it's just it really it really hits you like I want to see like I started thinking about him like Ant-Man he's such a wisecrack I'm like Jesus you know and this is going down that going down that rabbit hole again as though you know man wouldn't it be kind of fun to have Ant-Man interacting with Deadpool Oh my god that could happen yes. oh or Ant-Man interacting with oh I don't know Gambit See his his you're right. He reminds me Ant Man reminds me so much of Spider Man in this role as Paul Rudd playing him. Yes, yes. is this quirky guy who talks smack and is kind of joking around as he's getting his butt kicked, and then he stands back up and kind of wins. And that's kind of Spider Man. Spider Man gets his butt kicked all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you had Deadpool, Ant Man, and Spider Man, I mean, I'm in for all that stuff though. You know I am. So yeah, yeah, let's yeah. do it. This one's probably number 11 for me. It was really, really close to making the top 10. I really, really loved this movie. Um, I just I had to squeeze in all those horror movies. I had to throw in a Disney, you know, so yeah, I had to kind of shove it off to the, the wayside. Yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had, uh, my husband and I went and saw it uh, for our anniversary or something, and it, it was I mean, the best dispenser coming out of the back of the van. Oh my God, so perfect. <laughs> it's hilarious. Also, random fact, I live in the middle of nowhere, and one of our favorite restaurants has Michael Douglas's autograph on it on the wall from when he was in town filming something, and my husband has accidentally met him and didn't realize until afterwards. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that would be your husband. <laughs> so number eight for me, and a lot of people are going to be like, why? And this is partially because I'm a, I am uh, self-proclaimed, and we'll admit this, fanboy of all things Alien and Predator. Uh, I Disney, I know what you're doing. I've followed it, and I'm excited for what you're doing. Hopefully, you can write. I know you will write the Predator out. But uh, it, number eight for me was Predator. Uh, was the Predator came in on Rotten Tomatoes at 33. percent This is the thing is about this movie is this movie, this movie split me. So I love the fact of the lore that they took and they did right. And that was really big for me because I'm a big fan of the comics. I'm a big fan of the books. Um, I'm an uber fan of Predator and Alien. And so it's like – but when I when we talked about this movie is I said it felt like I was watching two movies. And it felt like I wanted – I want to see that whole cast that were the, the Predator down. So, uh, uh, minus Olivia Munn. I think she's hot, but I don't want her. Is that what split you? Is the one cast no. is good and then Olivia Munn's in the movie? I love no. I see Olivia Munn. I like her in some roles. Yeah. I think she's hot as hell, but I just didn't want her in this movie. Um, just because she, I didn't. It felt like she was tagged on, and they wanted a Ripley-like character, and it just kind of annoyed me. But the factor was is that the cast, the ensemble cast, was so good together that it felt like this. It felt. It just felt good to watch them. But the problem that I had with it was that in the end, it's like, oh, it's like you could tell that the cast and that the director liked him so much that he didn't want to kill him off. And then it's like, oh, we got like 
15 minutes left in the movie. Now we got to kill everybody off. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, oh, well, this sucks. Maybe they're trying you, to go for like an intense ending. It's it's just with these kind of movies, Aliens, Predator, you have to – it's meticulous. You have to kill off your characters in a particular type of manner. Now, Silver can attest to this with me as being a horror fan. When you are watching a horror franchise like Friday the 13th and things like that, there is a certain type of design that these films go through and they have to have. And in order for it to hit on all those things, like the movie, the uh, Robert Rodriguez film, uh, Predators, perfect pacing for deaths. Perfect pacing. This one, that's where it didn't do it. That's why it's not higher on the list for me. But guys, if you're looking for a Predator, a fun Predator film, it is fun. It does hit on. I actually have the comic that this one of the, one of the comics that this was slightly taken from, because the story has a kind of a good predator in it. Well, kind of got that, uh, kind of what that storyline kind of derived from in my very first predator comic that I ever purchased. That's in a box actually right next to me. So nice, awesome. I liked it. Uh, number seven. We're getting into the horror here, and this is where it's nice for me because I like these films. I just they didn't get onto my top ten. We have Insidious 4. Uh, this was like the first movie that uh, I saw for uh, 2018 because they released mm-hmm. in January. And I know it got a lot of it got, it got a lot of flack. It only got 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. But personally, I think it was one of the best out of the series so far. Um, it was, it focused on, God, it's been a year since I've seen it, so I cannot remember her name. But it focus, it focuses on the it's a prequel. older lady from the first three series. Exactly, it's it's a it's a prequel. It it, it talks about uh, how she grew up and how she deals with her powers and you know how she you know copes with with dealing with things like you know death, you know ghosts and demons. That stuff's not fun, and it's creepy. It hits some really good notes. I thought it was really well done. I think a lot of people were just a little burnt out, and and that was a, a big reason it got some of the negative reviews. But so my kids I liked went and it. saw this with with Gina, and when they saw this, my daughter at the end of the film pulls Gina aside and says, "I like this movie a lot, but not just because it's a scary movie. I like it because." That's a tough old lady, and that means I can be tough. That is what made me like this movie so much was the fact that they took someone who, I mean, she's been around, and if you go back and look at her, what movies she's been in, she was in movies a lot when when she was younger, and she's been, and then... And it started being into more horror movies again with like the, you know, it's kind of like when you look at movies like Sid Haig. Sid Haig was in a lot of movies in the 60s, in the late 60s and 70s. A lot of movies with Pam Greer that are all happen to be viewable on Amazon Prime right now. But, uh, you know, and then now all of a sudden he's, he got brought back, you know, into the spotlight when he did, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses. So. Which we're getting, we're getting a third movie in that franchise this year. Three mm-hmm. from Hell. So next up, we got Sorry to Bother You, Nick. Yeah, this is my number seven. It's a really, really uh, deep movie. Uh, if you watch the trailer, 
you think it's really going to go one way. And it's one of these movies that has such a large and gigantic twist that when you're done with it, you're like, wait a minute, what did I just see? What the hell was this? And it really does take kind of a gross, scary horror twist at the end. It's 93% on Rotten Tomato. The box office was over $17 million, written and directed by Booch Riley. It's about this telemarketer who finds out how to get success in the telemarketing world with this kind of weird magical key that actually is taught by some older people. And it leads him into like material glory. But also throughout the ser- throughout the movie beginning, it shows these commercials about a company, almost like take Amazon or Walmart, where people now in this alternate user- universe, they work for a company and they live there. They get fed by the company. They work all day. So they don't have to worry about anything. It's literally just like slavery, basically. So at the end of this movie, the twist really does hammer home that note right there. So when you're done watching the movie, you're like, oh, it has nothing. It's their their story and their point has nothing to do with what I thought about. It's really great. It's one of those movies that surprised me this year. And I, I really enjoyed it. So sorry to bother you. If nobody's seen it, go watch that. I'll definitely have to check that one out. Oh, you got it. So my number seven is Solo, a Star Wars story. It, Rotten Tomatoes, you got 70%. This movie got panned by critics and everything. But the thing is, is that I absolutely loved it. I, I This is another one of those films where I went into I went into it basically blind. I did not want to know anything about it. And because of it, I was rewarded with one of the best what-the-F endings of all time. And the showing of Darth Maul is alive in canon. And I'm just like, yes! But it also was a nail in the coffin for us losing Boba Fett, the film. and But in the same instance, we have the Mandalorian. So it's like, did we really lose Boba Fett? Yeah, we lost Boba Fett, but we're getting the Mandalorian. So it's like, eh. You know, series, I, I feel that what happened is Disney's this made Disney take a step back. Do we want to put the budget into these films uh, that are side stories or do we want to take our money and put it into series that we can put on our streaming service that will give you more time with the characters to learn more about that and fill, and those can be used to fill in the gaps between the movies, which I'm kind of excited about. I think, I think it's going to be good. I mean, we know that they're willing to put the money into stuff. I don't think it's the last that we saw of our young Han Solo considering he's still under contract. Yeah, I Solo would have made made my top twenty. <clears throat> Again, you're a bigger Star Wars fan than I am. Um, I I gotta be honest with you, man. I didn't like Lando. I didn't like Donald Glover playing Lando, and I love Donald Glover. I just didn't really. It didn't feel for me. And at the end of the movie, one of the biggest storylines in Star Wars universe history is how Han Solo got the Millennium Falcon. How did he get it? He knows he won it from Lando. But they ran through that so quickly. That was the end of the movie. It was like three minutes long. They showed him how he gave him a hug and took away his trick card. Fantastic. But that's what it was? A trick card up the sleeve? That's how he won the Millennium Falcon? That's the whole story? Now, Darth Maul at the end was great. That was fun. I enjoyed seeing him again. Uh, Chewbacca throughout the movie I thought was really great. I thought Woody Harrelson was fantastic in it. 
But honestly, the two main characters, I did not like Han Solo and I did not like Lando. I didn't like the two actors for some reason. It just didn't hit for me, man. I don't know see, why. See, for me, this made I... me feel like there's the possibility that uh, – that, and I've forgotten the character's name actually now because it's been a while. But Solo's love interest, I feel like that's probably – that that could possibly be Ray's mother. And that's Emily from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, from yeah. – yeah, yeah. So she was good too. I didn't mind her. She was fine. Uh, and that storyline was that's fine. And him getting out and the whole romantic gesture and he's gonna come back. It was great. That all worked for me. You know, it just some things did not hit for me real well. And if you're gonna tell the story about the Millennium Falcon, tell a story. It just some stupid car. I hate to admit it, but I missed it. It just hit Netflix though. <laughs> So I'll yeah, I watched it this, just this week because I knew it was going to be on Damien's list and I wanted to be able to tell him how much I loved it or did not like it. And I, I, I still really liked the whole movie, though. I tried to watch Ragnarok and all sorts of stuff this last week, but my husband was sick and I was busy nursing man. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, That's a new word for me on that. <laughs> so, no, man, let's use all the time up here. Oh, really? uh, okay. Yeah, I have a n- nurse as a significant other. That, that happens all the time. So, number six, Silver, we have Halloween with 79% on Rotten Tomato. I have yet to see this. I want to see it. It's out to purchase. I almost bought it digitally. How is it? Fantastic. It kicks the shit out of all the That's other awesome. Halloween sequels it it really just it is john carpenter like doing what he does best but it and wasn't john it carpenter. is he it, produced, he, he it, produced yes. it he produced it and he oh, also does okay. the score all right, all right but still just having him back like you know behind yeah. the behind the scenes makes a big difference um i know a lot of people are fans of uh h20 which was actually done at the request of uh jamie lee curtis and this one just it's even better it's so i gotta ask is there any connection to h20 is there any references to h20 because josh hartnett was a son i know that there's a granddaughter in this does 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 she talk about having a son no just a daughter okay (laughs) oh fudge i do like Jamie Lee Curtis looking like a badass survival Tomb Raider, gonna kick everybody's ass. I love that in the trailer. I, it looked Shh. amazing to me. Kind of going back to Insidious Four, Jamie Lee Curtis in this is a, literally a That's badass awesome. grandma. That's awesome. But it is a different timeline than a couple of the other sequels. But I think it wraps it up a lot better. Uh, I'm I'm all about you know some of the, the the horror movies where they they change the timeline. You have to kind of go through things. I mean Highlander does that. I, I'm a huge fan of Highlander. There's there's three different ways you can watch Highlander. And and I've watched them all three different ways, and I've just decided that they're all alternate universes, and they all exist in the same same time. That It's kind of like, uh, you know, how it is with yes, Friday the exactly. 13th. And yeah, they're, they're not all the same storyline. But if you just want to sit down and watch a good hack and slash That's film, awesome. it's awesome. great. So number six is going to, for both you, Nick, and I are going to go pretty fast, because number six for you was Deadpool 2. Yes. And number six for me was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Going into number five, this was a very recent 2018. So this was uh, just right at the end of 2018. We got Netflix original Bird Box, a.k.a. the blind quiet place. Silver. (laughs) You know, I 
went to watch something uh just a few days before christmas i turned on netflix it, it popped up started blaring the trailer at me and i was like okay this looks cool i love sandra bullock but it looks a lot like a quiet place so we watched apostle instead and then the next morning one of my friends texted me and was like oh my god you've got to watch this movie and i was like okay okay and then everybody's like oh you've got to watch this movie it's so good i know you love thrillers I'm like, all right, well, I waited till Patrick was not dying on my couch before we watched it. And then, uh... <laughs> That's staying in the I'm podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is why I don't record with him in the room. And, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, earlier this week we turned it on, and normally when I watch a movie, uh, I multitask. I like to watch a movie, and I'll sit and, like, study or uh, play a game, like I, I had my Switch in my lap, I was ready to play Pokemon, never even touched <laughs> it. I sat there, like, like elbows on my knees, hands resting up, uh, uh, on my chin, like, just engrossed. And I will admit, I, I bawled a couple yeah, times. I consider it the being the happening sequel, blindfolded. The, yeah, oh, the happening, right, yeah. Right? I, I just realized, I, would, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that, that was a very interesting Mark Wahlberg. So... I watched this movie, and I watched it actually just yesterday, and I saw it on Silver's list, so I said, let me get this through so I could, you know, I could interact with Silver here on the podcast, being a nice nice friend here. But no, really, I, I enjoyed the movie. It reminded me of several other movies, like Silver announced, plus The Happening. Really, uh, I think the characters were great. John Malkovich was fantastic in it. Uh, I like Mallory played by Sandra Bullock dealing with the two kids in the boats that relationship was really intense at sometimes uh the interaction between the two kids and her uh you're not really sure where it's going to go because they kind of went through two timelines and I I thought it was well done well put together movie and I like the ending um it just wasn't going to hit my uh, top 10 there yeah I I enjoyed the film it just uh I'm a I'm a sucker for creatures, you know, wanting to see what they look like, and only seeing the drawings, I was like, oh man. It made me emotional, and uh, that that's that that's something that like really, if you want to hit like my favorites, tug some heartstrings, okay. make me feel something, and uh, you know, a lot of people uh keep saying, oh, it's just a mashup of the happening and a quiet place and whatever, but that's not a bad thing. It's based on a book. The book came out before, before you know, at least one of those movies. It, it, but it's not a bad thing. It doesn't remind you of those films in a way that makes you mm -hmm. not want to watch. No, it. and the beginning's different, and especially some of the characters I mentioned that were in the original house, and they got to go out and forge for food. It, it's there's great different characters that you can interact with, and it's better. It's not like the happening where you're just wallowing around and going, "Where's your mother?" You know, and it just it it was a better put together movie. I would watch Bird Box a thousand times before I watched the happening ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the cast, yeah. yeah. Oh my Machine god, Machine Gun Kelly, Sandra Bullock, Sarah Paulson, Machine Gun Kelly. I'm sitting there, I'm like, Machine and he Gun wasn't Kelly? he wasn't too bad, Patrick and they who? did the right thing. They didn't give him too many lines. Yeah, because yeah. I mean. I mean, he was decent in uh, uh, what was the film? The film with Julia Roberts' uh, niece. He, uh, uh, it was uh, Emma, Roberts. Emma Roberts. Yeah, it was uh, Nerve. He was good in that too. I yep, that's when he, he had his it. top knot, and Eminem made fun of him for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all made fun of. We make fun of anybody that has a top knot. Once upon a time, hey, once upon a time, I used to have a top knot before it was a thing. Oh God! Well, now no, I get bald. to make fun of you. <laughs> 
Well, I get to make fun of you more because so is my husband. <laughs> so number five for you, Nick, is A Quiet Place, which uh, it was a that was a great film. <laughs> yeah, ninety five percent of Rotten Tomato, box office one hundred eighty eight million. Uh, written and directed by John Krinsky, Jim from The Office. Um, it's one of the best movies of 2018. I almost left it off my list because I actually forgot about it that it came out in 2018. I was thinking it was 2017 until Silver put it on, which Silver has it higher than me. But this is one of those modern horror thrillers, just like Bird Box, but just done well, way, way, way better. This movie had me at the seat, edge of my seat for a lot of the movie, especially pretty much the whole third act. Oh, yeah. um, I love The Quiet Place, and I'm so happy, even though we know the ending, I'm so happy that John is going to write The Quiet Place too. It's going to continue because there is some characters left alive. And plus, we know that they're not the only house that was alive. And do we know the ending? Because it doesn't ever show them. It does show – well – are we spoiling it here? Are we gonna say spoilers? Oh, it. Oh, it, I, it does, it does show, show it. but it doesn't. Sh- not all the characters died. I'll just say it like that. Yeah. And plus, there is a scene in the movie where you light a fire on top of one of the grain silos, and everybody else lights it to make sure. And then it pretty much represents that the whole community safe that night. So there is other people out there. It's basically the quiet place is only told about one family when there is multiple families in this town still surviving. So he could take Quiet Place 2 any direction. It doesn't have to be with who his wife is in the movies, his actual wife. It doesn't have to be with that family anymore. It could be something else. So I think there's a lot of angles I'm, to go there. I'm glad that you mentioned that, uh, you know, had you on the edge of your seat. That's the difference between A Quiet Place and Bird Box. Bird Box is a thriller. It's interesting. It makes, makes you wonder. It, it, keeps, it keeps you intrigued. A Quiet Place yes. is a yeah, horror yeah. movie. And it is. It, it can be unnerving. It makes you nervous. It, it that is the huge difference. And it does show the you the two. creatures like Damien likes. And in Bird Box on the river, we only have one situation where it kind of like, well, that's weird, you know, where the guy approaches the boat, and you're not really sure where we're going from there. But other all, you kind of know where you're going. And the yeah. Quiet Place, it twists and turns, and you're like, where are we going? And then there's a harp story that happened. There's a really heavy story that happened before we even join into the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, uh, but I, I love The Quiet Place. Great film. And a, qui- and a Quiet Place had a killer cast, and there was only two celebrities. Yeah. yeah. And the kid, and one of the, the gal that played the daughter, she's actually uh, deaf. Yeah, she is. You're correct. Yes, yeah. she is. And she's now been... She yeah. taught the cast. Yeah, she's now uh, been language. on Disney on a couple of uh, a couple shows on there, and uh, yeah, she's actually picking up other roles now. Awesome, good for her. Good. My number five was Deadpool, so we don't need to go over that again. Number four, a movie that I wish that I would have seen, I haven't had a chance to see another one of those kind of things. Yeah. Wreck It Ralph. This was uh, actually what we went and saw for my husband's 29th birthday. We went nice. to Wreck-It Ralph 2. Um, it is, it's getting some slack online. You know how it is with sequels, which is a little surprising considering, you know, uh, Incredibles 2 got so many rave reviews, which the only reason that is not on my list is because when we saw The Incredibles 2 in theaters, there was a medical emergency in the audience and it was cut off at like the end of the movie and we never got a chance to go back so i haven't oh, seen the end sucks. of that one so i instead put I instead put ralph breaks the internet on here because uh it was 
How? I mean, it's a Disney movie. It was fun. It was amusing. How were the Nintendo characters that got added into this one? Because I know there are licensed Nintendo characters for this one, supposedly. Um, it was mostly oh, just okay. Sonic. I thought Mario was in it, supposedly. Not oh, that I okay. recall, but yeah, like Sonic is in it uh, uh, a bit. Um, what really made the whole film for me is, you know, because they're in the internet, is uh, Vanellope gets sent to ohmydisney.com, yeah, which yeah. is a website <laughs> I love, and she encounters, you know, like all the princesses, and you see other characters like Buzz and Baymax, who everybody knows is my favorite. What really made it magical, it was all of the proper actors. Every single Disney character in that movie was it uh, it was Tim Allen or it was uh, Ming Na Wen or it was Kristen Bell. It was everybody it was supposed to be, and it made that whole like portion of the movie just I just That's lit fantastic. up. Would you say would you say it was oh, and... my personal Disney? sure nice pun dude <laughs> yeah i know sorry dad joke dad yeah, joke. i just sat there like i sat there swinging my feet like a little kid all all giddy and oh yes that just just that portion of the movie made the whole film amazing nice. so that that that's just you know me being a girl that's, one, and a disney that's another disney movie i missed this year i really wanted to go see it uh my some most of my kids are a little bit older now so they didn't really care about it so i actually missed it but I love Wreck-It Ralph, and uh, I will definitely be checking that in 2019. Number four for you, Nick, Mission Impossible Fallout. I wanted to see this. I've not seen this one yet either. This was, I mean, this movie got 97% of Rotten Tomatoes. Is it just because, did it get 97% because of Superman's mustache? <laughs> I mean, this is yes. the movie that ruined No, ruined I'm just going to say yes. We're, de- we're definitely going with that. It's 100% why. Yeah, Henry Cavell had the beautiful 80s mustache throughout that whole movie. I loved it. Um, yeah, 97, 97% of Rotten Tomato. Box office was $220 million. It was a smash hit. It was the best Mission Impossible movie I've ever seen. And I've watched them all. But I'm sorry, this one just takes the cake for me. And even Tom Cruise broke his leg in doing one of the stunts in this movie and, and end up healing and finishing the movie. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. And there is a lot of characters from this movie that we know. We have Ethan. We have Alec Baldwin in this. Simon Pegg is back. Ving Rhames. We also have Rebecca Ferguson. Michelle Monaghan. And all these characters have been in other Mission Impossible uh, movies. But we also get Henry Cavell, Angela Bassett, and Vanessa Kirby. Just a great cast. A very well put together movie. And, I mean, it's so intense at the end. Another thing where you're just kind of like, whoa, obviously he's going to pull it off. I mean, he's he's Ethan Hunt. But one of the best Mission Impossible movies I've ever seen. Nice. So my number four is The Nun. Now, I love this series of films and the side stories that they tell. But they, The Nun, they one of the things that struck home with me with The Nun was they did, other than the fact that it was creepy as all hell, they did such a good job on picking the actress to play the younger version of the uh, of the uh, the Wilsons uh, from the other from like Annabelle and all those stuff from and so it was so believable you you thought you were looking at the looking at a, I mean you thought you went back in the past like it was so perfect and then they tie it in to the very first Conjuring. And you're watching it and you're like, oh my God, like 
you can see they, these this these film series is so well methodically thought out, and I'm a I'm a very methodical person, and so for me to see this happen, I'm like, oh my god, they thought about it back then. It's like thinking, it's like basically this horror series is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Kevin Feige, or Kevin Feige, Feige, Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige, having him, you know, it's like the horror version of that. And yes, a lot of these are James Wan films, so. <laughs> Woohoo! You could literally watch The Nun and start The Conjuring the second it ends, exactly. and it would be seamless. I, it pained me to cut this one out of my top ten. And I, partially the reason I did was so what you know my list wasn't like 95% <laughs> horror. But we absolutely, and it got so much hate, and we just loved it. And I think like the big reason... You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it was just like, you know, your typical jump scares. It wasn't that interesting. And it's like, I think it's different when you like, you know, my husband's family was Catholic. Yes. And, you know, so it's like, it's more of a personal thing. Like a demon that can take over, uh, you know, a bunch of nuns. That is scary shit. (laughs) I don't care who you are. That is absolutely terrifying. And like my husband, like we... The, we hadn't even walked out of the theater yet. He said, that is like one of my favorite movies. He says his favorite uh, horror movies are uh, The Woman in Black okay. and The Nun, hands down. And I was like, I'm cool with that. Like, you know, I think it's a great movie. And especially, I like that people are adding on to the Conjuring universe without James Wan mm-hmm. having to be involved. And the reason he wasn't involved yep. in this was Aquaman. So I was glad to see it still... And I was glad to see it on your list. That made me feel better about pushing it out for something else because I knew I'd still be able to. Uh, the, the acting plug in it had love. me, had me like the acting and just the ability for it to be seamlessly like connected into that. It was just so big, so such a big deal for me. Uh, next up, we have number three, Silver. Number three was A Quiet Place for you. So we've already we've talked about yep. that. Uh, number three for you, Nick, is A Star Is Born. Yeah, and this is directed and written by Bradley Cooper, who wanted actually somebody else to play the role for him, but ended up doing it himself. And he really wanted Lady Gaga to be a part of it and asked her personally to join this movie. And so she did, and she actually talks about it on her Netflix documentary about her getting the star in this role. She's fantastic in it. She acts beautifully in it. She sings great. Bradley Cooper actually sings really good, and he actually... You can actually see him singing, and it and it really works. Um, it's ninety percent of Rotten Tomato, made over two hundred million dollars. Sam Elliott's in it. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay's in it. Dave Chappelle's in it. Just to round up some of the ancillary characters, um, it's a love story, and it's one of the best movies I saw of twenty eighteen. I really, nice. really love Lady Gaga in it. Yeah, I have yet to see it, but it's on my list of stuff to watch. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. My number three was uh, Black Panther. Yeah, that's that's on my list too, higher up, but one of the best MCU movies that we've gotten to date. One of the best stories. Uh, getting into Wakanda was amazing. It's beautiful. Yes. Um, one of the best shot movies that we've seen uh, for uh, CGI. I can um, only imagine how much how much drone work they had to do for filming this this film. Don't yell at me, but it's one of the ones that I haven't seen yet. I'm planning on it sometime over the next couple of weeks. You should watch it. It's just for the beautiful aspect of like flying into Wakanda and seeing the CGI and seeing how 
everything is vibrant in colors and you have monorails going through but you also have little little shops on the side of people just selling their wares uh, it's really cool then also their technology is better than anybody else's technology it's oh, better yeah. than iron man's technology i mean his nano suit is bar none which you also see in avengers finity where, where iron man all of a sudden has a nano suit because he yep. realizes that their technology is better than his <laughs> <laughs> and also the sister i mean yes i want more of her i want her Siri, correct yeah Siri, and she was supposed to go to Oakland and she was gonna at the end of that movie they said they're gonna open up a facility in Oakland to help people out, which is right across the river from Golden for you know, from uh, uh Golden State, which is San Francisco, which is where Ant Man and Wasp takes place. And I was hoping for a connection there in Ant Man and Wasp and we really didn't get it, but that's okay. Uh Ant Man and Wasp and Black Panther are still fantastic. Oh yeah. So for number two, Silver, you got hereditary and i played this a little bit i haven't sat through enough to watch it because i played it and started realizing oh this isn't the like jump scare kind of film this is a this is something i've got to really pay attention to it's 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 a very emotionally charged dread-filled masterpiece like it is it was it is probably tied with number one uh because it's it really like and it's oh my god okay so it is um the director Ari Aster it's actually his feature debut which is really amazing that he wrote and directed such a fantastic film you know right off the bat a lot of people the biggest complaint i hear is i didn't understand it and that's because you have to sit down pay attention actually watch it enjoy it take it in I, I, I can't even, like, tell you what it's about without, like, ruining, like, that's one of the best things about the movie is, like, you watch the trailer and you're, and stuff and you're like, okay, what, what is it about? Going in not knowing makes it best. So I'll just tell you the synopsis. Uh, when the matriarch of the Graham family passes away, her daughter's family begins to uh, unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry. That is all you <laughs> need to know, because anything else okay. will ruin it. The acting is fantastic. The story is fantastic. The writing, the directing, the sound. I can't praise this movie enough. It is just so beautifully done. And by the time the movie was over, I just sat there with like my jaw open like, oh my god. It was just, it it was the most impressive horror film I, I'd seen this year. It's genius genius and i'm i'm like this i'm more i'm just as excited about this director as i am about like you know like james wan i'm like i want to see more from this guy next up we're just gonna dump for number two it's this nick and i have the same number two yep and that's avengers infinity war 84 percent of rotten tomato Uh, like this film hit on so many so so many different points and different like i mean surprising moments uh, what was one of your favorite moments from this film? I think one of them that lingers in everybody's head is Spider-Man. I mean, him turning into dust, spoilers, and kind of reaching out for Tony Stark Iron Man at the time is one of the touching scenes in Iron, uh, Avengers Affinity War. Sorry. Uh, 84% of Rotten Tomato, I think you said, and I believe the box office is, yeah, it's uh, Avengers in the whole is over 60, it's almost... 68 million um 680 million sorry 68 million 680 million um 
it's 10 years, man. 10 years of MCU, and it, w- w- this is two movies that's going to finish it off for the, you know, stage one here. And it, the first one was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that stuck out with me with it, uh, uh, and I'm going to end it, what I talk about on something really heartfelt with addition to what you talked about with Spider-Man, but was, uh, I think the bringing back Red Skull. Now I know it wasn't, it wasn't Hugo, uh, uh, weaving or Hugo, different, different actor, different actor, but still bringing the Red Skull, the one the you know, the guy from the first, you know, the, the Captain America, first adventure, bringing him back into it as you know a villain and knowing that he's going to be play a part a bigger part later on that that was a big big deal yeah that was a real that was one of the biggest shockers of that movie and nobody was nobody was prepared for that no and also that whole scene right there was very heartfelt and touching I had to take my headset off for a minute because, again, don't yell at okay. me. I haven't seen it yet, and that's because I haven't watched Ragnarok. Okay, that's okay. Black Panther I'm yet. about to say one more thing about Spider-Man, so take it off for a second. <laughs> so, with Spider-Man, the thing is, is that you got to remember his spider senses. He knew he felt all that before it happened, so yep. he knew it was coming. So, for Spider-Man, that moment when he turned to dust, he knew it was coming. That was he was tormented before it even happened. So that was just another thing. When you really think about that, you're like, oh my god. And for everybody that's listening, Avengers Endgame trailer has come out, and we're definitely going to do a podcast about that. And we will touch on our thoughts about if Spider Man is coming back, and how does it tie into Homecoming too, and all of those things. But everybody knows Avengers Infinity War. I don't think we have to say too much about it. No. Uh, so next is number one, and. For silver, you have Fantastic Beasts with thirty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That, yeah, that, that got was... hit hard actually. For yeah, it's the worst sighting or showing for a Harry Potter type of movie. And the reason for that is this is a film for fans. This is not a film for. Oh, I kind of liked a couple Harry Potter movies. I'm gonna go sit down and you know like eat some popcorn and watch this film. No, no, those kind of people are not going yeah, to enjoy. Don't this hate movie. on me. It is I a might very not enjoy lore... it then, okay. <laughs> I, I'm gonna hate on you anyway. It is a very lore-heavy movie. I'm not saying that you know the casual fan can't enjoy it. I went with um, one of my best friends, Jared, who's a big Harry Potter fan. My sister and my husband, who are casual fans, they watch the movies, you know. But that's about it. I got my husband. I was able to drag my husband to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter over the summer, but you know that's about it. Uh, and they really enjoyed it. You know, of course, me and Jared were like, "Oh my god!" But it's a very it's very lore heavy. It's very. It shows a lot of um, background to things that the the original series hinted at or only talked about briefly. And it really, they just drop a huge bombshell in the end. And there's oh, so many theories. I wish I could talk about without spoiling it for half the universe. Um, there's a lot of theories about you know maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But overall, as a 20-year-long Harry Potter fan, an honest-to-God fan of the Wizarding World, I absolutely adored this movie. I thought it just really built on... And of course, you know, you get people that are like, oh, they're just building on as a cash grab. Who cares? It's making people like me happy. Like, all movies are a cash grab. Let's be real. Especially when they come from huge universes like Marvel and Harry Potter and... 
everything's a cash grab nowadays. As long as it's enjoyable and it makes fans happy, who cares? I the first Fantastic Beast, and I really liked it. So Same I will here. definitely watch the second one. I just it's... haven't got around to it. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. And it, this time, instead of the United States, it's set in uh, Paris. Yeah. So you get to see more of their ministry and everything, which I think is really cool. And uh, they said through the next three films, each one is going to be set in a different cool. country. There's three more? So there's... That's there's awesome. three more, that's so awesome. there's a lot of unanswered. This opens up so many unanswered questions, and I think that's a that was a big problem for people was they want instant gratification instead of waiting for the next movie, the next movie, the next movie. I'm okay waiting, but I just said I've been reading the books since I was you know seven years old, so I waited between each and every book. I don't mind waiting. Well, between the thing a couple is, movies. is Daniel Radcliffe even said he said after all these are done, he's willing to come back to play the role as the for the side stories that she's been writing for her uh, for Pottermore website, where you get little little clips and stuff of what he's been doing and working for the ministry, that Daniel Radcliffe said he would come back to the role of Harry Potter when he actually is the, looks more the age of what he's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see like because uh, a lot of people have you know begged for something yes. like the Cursed Child, yes. but actually written by J.K. Rowling and yes. not the Cursed Child. A lot of people are like, man, that's Bring, let's do a movie about, you know, uh, like James and have Dan come and actually play older dad Harry. That would and I'm be like, awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, so your number one was Black Panther, Nick. Yes. And so Black Panther, talk- 97% on Rotten Tomato. We've talked about it. Fantastic movie. My number one was something that we actually went and saw together. And we saw it together and we experienced it together because we saw it in the RTX seats. Which allow you to feel the film. Which is probably one of the best movies to go see in those scenes. Uh, yes. And it is Ready Player One with the 75% of Rotten Tomatoes. This is by time by like one of my all-time favorite films. Uh it it just hit on everything that was my childhood, that was uh just everything that basically is me. Uh that, that I that I'm into, that I feel Ready Player One hit on. It's nostalgia bath of, of our youth, yeah. which I really loved, and it would have been on my top ten, uh, but we've talked about it before. I felt like that third act just fell off for me when the second act was so strong yes. with the Shining tie-ins and the, how well that played in the movie, and then the third act just fell for me. I didn't care for it. The first two acts are, are just beautifully done. I just recently watched it again and caught something that I hadn't caught. I, every time I watch it, I, I, I catch something new. It's just like uh, Bright. Yeah. Uh, I watched watched that and I caught something recently or over Christmas and saw something again in it that I didn't recognize the first time I saw it. Well, uh, when they're doing the race for the first time, for a brief second, you look up. There's a key. There's a key up on the, up on the banner of the electronic screen. It shows a key and the arrow pointing backwards, <laughs> and nobody got. <laughs> nobody caught it. No, and it, it's it's very brief. That you look up on it and it's an arrow or it's a key and an arrow pointing backwards. That's right there in the open for you to see. That's why I really did love the movie is those opening scenes of you trying to catch everything and then the library of him trying to go discover some of the the keys to success to try to even find unlock the keys in this world. Uh, it's it's 
one of the greatest nostalgia bath movies of all our favorite characters. And then at the end, you get some really, uh, like, Gundam and Godzilla's in it. And you're like, whoa, these guys are in it too. It's really, really cool, you know? Gears of War players. I mean, if you look, you just start catching things, which is yes. amazing. Exosquad. Exosquad was in it. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Exosquad. Yeah, we had Tomb Raider in it, Laura Croft in it. I mean, it's just like... Multiple uh, Laura Crofts from the different two Batmans. generations of the games. Multiple Batmans. No, that's what I don't Jokers. like about Disney. This is what I don't like about Disney, though, is that the Marvel characters, they weren't allowed to be in this movie, which is stupid because, I mean, we're filled with DC characters in this movie. And the book and, has them. What's that? The book has the Marvel characters. Yeah, of course they do, but I mean, just let your, it's brief. It's not really, they're not interacting with them. I mean, it's just, that's one thing about Disney is like, ugh. It's free advertising. Yeah, I mean, even Sony, I mean, Sony could have put in some of the characters, but they didn't put it in. You didn't see any X-Men or, you know, but you got a Freddy Cougar and you got a Jason, you got a Chucky, which is awesome. <laughs> yes, it was. I haven't seen it yet. I got a call from my dad of all people the other day, and he's like, you have the same cable service I do, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, get on demand and watch this movie. He's like, I, I turn it on. It's right up your alley. It's like, yeah, okay, dad, it, It's so good. I love it so We're going into the top 10 TV shows of 2018 for us. Now, again, this is one of those things where there's a lot of shows that I would have liked to have gotten a chance to watch, but I didn't just because, you know, life happens. And this has been, 2018 was a hard year for me. Uh, I'm definitely glad that it's over. Me too. And can I just say this real quick? It's enough. There's, I, I love that there's so much good stuff on and so many different streaming stuff. It's enough. I can't keep up with it all. I, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm not paying for 25 different uh, streaming services. There's too many damn good shows up there. Stop making good TV. <laughs> Man, I have, ca- I have cable, Hulu, and Netflix, and I'm still behind on everything. Not to mention I pay for Crunchyroll for yeah, anime. Yeah, it's insane. There's too yeah, much good I stuff got- out there. It, it's enough. I'm tired of it. I just have the internet now and Netflix and Amazon Prime because, uh, yeah, the the lady put down the foot and says, you can have your internet, but I'm taking your TV. I'm like, oh. You have no. Plex. I do. I do. So I can keep up on things. That that means you need to sign up for Hulu because 99 starts this week. Yes. So starting off with number 10. Well, I finally watched new shows this year for once. Woo, go me. Um, number 10 for me was The Rookie with Nathan Fillion. Everybody loves a good cop show, and everybody loves Nathan Fillion. Like, I think you could just say that, and people would be like, oh man, I'm gonna watch this. Because you don't even need to know anything else. Everybody who's that, like, uh, that, no, or my acquaintances up here that have watched this series, everybody looks at me and they go, so when are you gonna become a cop? <laughs> Because they said, they go, this guy, that's you, when are you going to be... <laughs> and isn't this just Firefly on the ground? No! So good. <laughs> so good. No, I heard it was good. I heard it was good. I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's a midlife crisis kind of deal, and the dude changes careers and, and decides to become a rookie cop, and, you know, he gets hell for it, you know, call you know, they call him an old man and and tell him that you know he's he can't keep up and it's actually a great show Uh, but man he's ballsy for you know middle of his life turn around and joining lapd there's a just a fyi up here there is for uh right now for seattle pd there's a 60 year old uh rookie wow impressive yeah he's in the he's he's currently in uh academy good for him yeah, 
He could probably kick all of our asses. Yes. One of my uh, closest friends just made uh, our city police um, and graduated uh, in December, and she is only 22, 23, somewhere in there. Little bitty thing. She was like the shortest one on stage. She looks so cute in her uniform. And if she listens to this, I'm not sorry. (laughs) So for Nick, yours was Crashing Season 2. I know you're I know you're a huge fan of Crash. Yeah, HBO series. 92% on Rotten Tomato, P. Holmes, Judd Apatow. It, it's one of the best shows on HBO. I love it. It's about a New York stand-up comic who's trying to make his way through life and being a great stand-up comedian. And P. Holmes is a great stand-up comedian. Yeah, he is. I love him. I, I know you love him too, yeah. So, number 10 for me, Mayans. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It didn't catch me. So, I mean, but uh, to, to be fair, Sons of Anarchy Season 1 did not catch me right away. Like, I kind of forced myself through it. Like, there's there's episodes I loved and there's episodes I was like, eh. And then the end caught me. The end. The, the hook. They do this with Mayans. Mayans, they watch, you watch it and it's kind of like, oh, I, I make myself watch it for the nostalgia factor when they, they little, put the little hooks in. And then the end, they give you a big hook, and you're like, "Okay, I also season watched, two, season yeah, two, I I'm also watching Binds. It's it's good. Um, not my top ten, but also we should do a podcast just about this universe and where they want to take it. Because <laughs> man, they really want to make this a big thing, and and uh, I'm I'm all in on it. Well, yeah, because originally this is supposed to hold us over until until the anyway. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, we do we do need to go down that down yeah. that rabbit hole. Uh, number nine. <laughs> uh, number nine, silver. You have Gordon Ram- Gordon Ramsay, twenty four hours to hell and back, season one. Wow, he's got the giggles <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah, um, Nick knows I'm a huge, huge Gordon Ramsay fan. I have watched Kitchen Nightmares and Hell's Kitchen a thousand times over. Uh, watched Hotel Hell when he did that. Um, but this is like his new version of Kitchen Nightmares, uh, where he is in a truck. A food truck? With a, it's a giant truck with a mobile kitchen. Okay. And he drives around and he stakes out restaurants with like his his crew and he picks a place and he goes in in disguise with some people you know he'll like call in some locals like he'll uh, go in dress as a construction worker with some local construction workers or he'll go in with some cowboys dress as a cowboy that one's always fun and uh he sits down and orders and sees what's going on and then he takes a disguise off and it's like okay look you've got some problems i'm here to fix you you got 24 hours and they do pretty much everything they do in Kitchen Nightmares in 24 wow. hours. Wow. And it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's, uh... The, the people don't get quite as angry because they don't have as much time. It's, you finish, help me do this work in 24 hours. And it's not, they get sent home and they do it. They're there to help. You help us do this in 24 hours or we go home and leave your restaurant as is. Goodbye. And it's actually a lot okay. of fun to watch. It's um, the new. I know the new season uh, on Fox just started like this week, but I haven't watched the first episode yet because it just premiered. This is season two. It just premiered this summer. Nice. So Nick, your number nine is Altered Carbon. Mine's a lot higher up, and so if you 
Yeah, Ultra Carbon, 65% on Rotten Tomato, but it should be a lot higher. People should watch this because of where the show could go. And if you guys want to learn more about it, we did a whole podcast about Season 1 of Ultra Carbon. Go back and listen to that. Uh, we were really excited about Season 2 and Anthony Mackie being the main uh, protagonist in this one. And the so, anime! Yeah, and the animation, that's right. And the animation go a lot farther than the live action can. We don't think it's going to spend as much money as Season 1 did, but... We are looking forward to it. So if you're not, if you haven't seen it, Netflix original, Alter Carbon. Yeah, and so yeah, like I said, we're not going to spend too much time on it because we did a whole podcast on it. Go check it out. In the no- show notes, we'll put the episode down for you. There you go. Number nine for me is Titans, and it would have been higher up, but there are certain ones that kind of hit a little bit more closer to home for me. But I'm going to tell you, I love what Titans did. And I love the fact that DC is not afraid to say, okay, we have our movie franchise and now we're going to have our our series franchise. And our series franchise is going to be really dark. And I like that. I like that a lot. I love Titans. It's really fantastic. It should be in my top 10, but it was hard for me to juggle around some things. It's so dark and twisted. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go back and listen to our episode where we did a half a half season recap on it. Um, we talked about the Doom Patrol, and now it's been announced that Doom Patrol is going to have their own. Not season. only not only Doom Patrol, but Hawk and yes, and Talking Dove. We talked about yeah, that too. We called so we kinda, it. We called. We kind of called that, but they brought out the story, so it's hard not to talk about this longer. But we'll move on. Titans is fantastic on DC streaming service. Number. Something yeah, number eight too. for Silver is Master Chef season nine. And just before Silver gets into Back. it, I apologize. Me and her are going to geek out heavy right now. So go ahead, Silver. Yeah. Back on my love of Gordon Ramsay, I was. I just barely started watching Master Chef recently. You know, normally I'm into like the more like ones where he yells more. And uh, I was. A home by myself, it was gloomy out, I grabbed some snacks, and I was like, oh, let's watch this. And I binged the entire series, except the second half of season nine, in about five weeks. I'm just not finished with it yet, because my poor husband has been home from work because of winter break, he works for the schools, and he's like, please, no more cooking shows, give me a break. And then I think he called me crazy. So, <laughs> I will finish it as soon as he goes back to work on Monday. <laughs> I'm, I'm so with you. I discovered, My wife discovered the show, and I'm like, what are you watching? You know, And something I don't care about is reality shows, cooking shows. I don't really care about it. For some reason, this show just really hooked me, and I really enjoyed them actually trying to mentor home cooks and, and help them in their life to find what they're really passionate about. And I love... I love shows where you, you take somebody and you they're in some dead-end job or they're in a job they don't really care about, but their passion somewhere else. That really gets to me and pulls on my heartstrings when you help somebody at their passion. And a lot of these people come in, not all of them, but a lot of them come in and their straight passion is cooking. And so I really did fall in, fall in love with Gordon Ramsay in this one. He doesn't yell as much, but the team challenges, he absolutely does. Uh Graham and Joe were at the beginning. They kind of changed judges. Now in season nine, Joe is back, and I'm so happy Joe is back. Um, people didn't like how he threw plates around and stuff, but screw all that. Joe was fantastic. Throw some more plates, buddy. I, I really do love it. And, and I'm only a couple episodes like you are in season nine, but we added it in. I want to silver add it in because it's basically the same thing. They changed it up a little bit. 
but it's a fantastic show. I really love it. I don't watch cooking shows or reality shows except when they're combined. <laughs> I guess <laughs> me too. I guess I'm with you too. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I also I also watch Cutthroat Kitchen. So, but um, I I also like how sometimes they'll eliminate somebody and they like them so much they offer them a job. Yeah, like last season eight, there was a young kid, nineteen years old. He oh paid my God. for his culinary school, and then uh, another one gave him a job in New Orleans. Um, so that was really fantastic, and I, that actually made me tear up a little bit. And I've looked, and that kid is attending culinary school in Denver, and Gordon is paying full tuition. And I, I just sat there crying. I just like it really like hit hit a, a bone for me. I just sat and cried. Patrick came downstairs. He's like, "What the hell are you crying about and now?" They don't <laughs> offer when people get kicked off the show. They don't always offer people stuff. But they offered this kid stuff. He could see his he was talented and he had passion for it. And he's 19. He could really be a good chef. And he could do this for his whole career. And they do that to people they can really tell that are really super passionate about this. And uh, already season 9, yeah. they changed it up. Each judge has their own team and gave out their own eight aprons. Which I love it because it gives a little banter with the judges. That I really loved at the end of season 7 when they added in Wolfgang Puck. At the end challenge and the banter between him and Gordon Ramsay, that was really fun. So I'm glad they're doing it a little bit differently. I like the twist on it. Do you have a favorite so far this season? This season, no. I'm only two episodes in, so it, they've they've already cut four people. Oh, I'm sorry, four episodes in. They've cut four people already. I haven't really. I like Razam, Rasham. I think his name is. I, I like him. Uh, there's a couple other ones. I wait till about the top ten until I really start filling these people out, and I, and I have a favorite. I really like uh, the kid from oh, China. Oh, yes. I can't think Bowen. of his name. I love, love him, too. Him. And he has confidence. And I'll tell you why he has confidence. is because he's an open gay guy. From He's an immigrant open gay guy. His boyfriend was there, which is awesome. And so you could tell that that kid is not scared of anything because he just he puts it all out there. So I really like him. I'm actually really rooting for him. But the last two people that have won, I've also rooted for. So I'm on a hot streak. Yeah. Right. Can yeah, no, I love now? I love reality TV. Actually, I'm. I mean, I. I mean, have I have goals someday? You know, to be on some type of survival show, be it Survivor or yeah. uh, you know, The Amazing Race. I, I mean, I think I think you know, I, I was telling Chin, you know, the other day that you know him and I should try to get on The Amazing Race. And, and uh, you know, if you don't know Chin, Chin is a disabled gamer and he is wheelchair bound. It would be very interesting for him and I to be on the Amazing Race. It'd be very humorous too, though. And then me and Silver on the other side, Silver. I got you. No, we you should do the <laughs> one right. they do the family ones. Like do we go in as the family <laughs> with two oh, wheelchairs? God, I just realized <laughs> that's why I picked Silver. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be hilarious. I- I always tell Patrick, if I didn't have lupus and I had the energy, I would go on MasterChef just to uh, see nice. Gordon. <laughs> Shit. Oh, my God. I'm tired. <laughs> um, oh, so my number eight. Oh, wait, no. No, my no, number Nick, eight Nick, 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 yeah. you're number eight. Yeah, Bodyguard, we did. Uh, we, Half we an episode. Yeah, 92% on Rotten Tomato, BBC original on Netflix, six episodes. Richard Madden's on it from Game of Thrones. Beautiful show. Go back and listen to our podcast. Yeah, we we did a very deep dive in yeah, on talking did. about uh, post traumatic stress disorder and stuff. So yes. definitely go yeah. check that out. That would another be a thing in our notes. Uh, for me, number eight uh, came a show that you Nick told me about and got me onto, which was The Terror. Yeah, AMC 
fantastic. It's it, it's over, and you're in Antarctica. You're stuck in the ice. There's terror. There's crazy yetis. There's you know indigenous people. Uh, you know it, it's really well put together AMC show, which AMC usually does. Yeah, I mean it had me feeling like you know season two slash three of The Walking Dead. Like it was really really. I agree with you. Yeah. It, it shouldn't have made my top 10 again. There's just too much good TV. Like oh, I true. said, knock it off. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> okay, N- number seven, it. Silver. <laughs> new Amsterdam, season one. Yes, another new release. Look at me, I'm on a roll. Uh, I am, I've become a sucker for medical dramas. I have not watched Grey's Anatomy yet. I've been doing ER and some others. Um, and so when I saw the trailer for New Amsterdam, I was like, okay, I'm going to check this out. And it's actually, it's heartwarming. It's it's interesting. Um, he's like the brand new medical director at this old hospital. And he comes in and just like starts breaking the rules. You know, he fires the cardiac team and uh, because they're not doing their job. They care more about billing than saving lives. And, you know, or, you know, he's he's constantly avoiding, like, the board and stuff because he doesn't want to talk to them. He doesn't want to deal with them and explain why he's doing what he's doing when it's so successful at helping people. And it's a really interesting series. I know it's one of the top new series of this year. It had uh, a lot of a lot of ratings, a lot of viewers, and uh, s- the season finishes. Um, I think starting this week, they're starting the the rest of the season. So I'm pretty excited to jump. My back wife in. was watching this too. Sorry, my wife okay. was watching this too, and uh, I watched the first two episodes. So I kind of fell off it. She loves the medical dramas. You guys would get along perfectly. Uh, but the first two episodes, I really did love. Uh, I loved them coming in there and just kicking ass. He came in there, kicked ass, changed things up put the right people in the right places and uh yeah so that was uh i i do like that show i need to go through and, and finish it actually i know it's fiction but as somebody who is it at, who sees at least one of seven doctors at least one once a month there are so many changes that could be made to the medical system and billing and <laughs> am i in trouble for saying this <laughs> that's to go to bed <laughs> go to bed alarm yeah. <laughs> You know, like I just recently changed doctors because I had one who cared more about what he got from my insurance than, you know, whether or not I had another infection. And I turn around and change doctors and within a day, uh, you know, things were fixed. It's just this show just like really hits home. Number seven for Nick, you have Ozark season two. I have only seen half of season one. That's a shame. This is most people say it's breaking bad with money, and it's all like that. Season two didn't hit as hard for me as the first season did. Again, Jason Bateman, seventy-two um, percent on Rotten Tomato. It was much higher in season one. I didn't feel the fear that I felt for the family in season one that I felt in season two. But overall, it's a fantastically put together and written show. Nice. Uh, number seven for me is Cobra Kai season one. Amazing. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes still. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's an underdog story, but I love the fact that it's not something you ever, it's not something you ever saw coming. And that's what's so good about it. it just you Nobody never... asked for this. YouTube Red put it out, and everybody's like, oh no, we want more of this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm, so... I'm with you. It's higher up for me, but God, I love that season. Yeah, so uh, number six, we have The Resident Season 2. Silver, another medical drama. 
<laughs> Another medical. This one is it's you know it's similar-ish to New Amsterdam. You know, it's about instead of an actual doctor or a, ch- a commissioner. Well, he's a doctor, but you know what I mean. He's a ch- uh, the chief resident, and he goes around showing the new guys. You know, the good and the bad, the in and out of of the hospital. You know, it and you see. You know, like, ooh, the bad guy that's the doctor that everybody loves, but, you know, he's really, like, a POS. And then you see, like, ooh, the nice nurse that helps everybody. It, it, it's like, it's a less emotionally charged medical drama. It's got a lot more of a comedy aspect without being, like, over-the-top like Scrubs. It's a nice in-between. It's one that I really, you know, like, I love the actors. I love the uh, the characters. The main character, Sean, it just, I, I think he's uh, precious. I love him. He's just, like, a bad boy, but he's a good guy kind of thing. You know, he's a doctor. That is one medical show that Pat likes to sit and watch nice. with me, it's too. Good so good can find one like that. That one's fun. Yeah. And number six for Nick, that is Cobra Kai for you. Again, if you guys want to hear more about it, we did a podcast about it. We did. And then number six for me was Sabrina Season 1. Netflix original. I watched it. Very dark. Very, way darker than I thought it was going to be. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was something that I'm I'm excited to see where they go with Season 2. I really am. I'm I'm in love with it, especially as a fan of the original Sabrina and... Uh, somebody interested in weird culty stuff, but I am only like three episodes in, so that is something we will have to discuss it gets soon. Dark. After you get past the initial five episodes, you you kind of get hooked into the. It gets, it gets darker? Much darker. Oh Absolutely. my god, it's darker. Yeah, yeah, it's like straight up horror. Like it's not. Yeah, it, it's not like oh you know it's fun you know song and dance. You know it is straight horror. It's so good. It's so oh good. My it's not god. Neighborhood Sabrina, teenage witch. No. Now I definitely have yeah. to so catch number up. Number five, guys, we're going to start getting into some stuff where we talk a little bit more about this stuff. Superstore season four is what is on the plate for Silver. Yes, I know that Nick likes yep. this show a lot too. I, ever since The Office, workplace comedies are awesome. The Office, Parks and Rec, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it, it, this one really, Superstore is a gem that most people have not uncovered. Superstore, I keep wanting to see uh, Dane Cook from Employee Employee of the Month. I want to see yeah. Dane Cook's character from Employee of the Month <laughs> just decide that he comes in, that he's a manager now, and he's coming into Superstore to help them out. I, you know, teach them the bagging and all stuff. I want I want Dane Cook to show up. Super, and it would it, fit. It, it, it would, would fit, it would. But the two best characters in Superstore are the manager. Who I can't think of his name, Silver. Glenn, yeah. Glenn. He is amazing. He's an amazing actor, and that voice is super annoying, but it's also really funny at the same time. And then uh the voiceover guy that does all the the calls over the intercom. Uh the the guy in the wheelchair. Damn it, I can't think of his name now. What God is his name? It. I shouldn't even brought it up then. Games with Chin. And I just watched it like <laughs> earlier. Th- <laughs> I just watched Hang it this on, week. It quick, uh... And that that guy is not wheelchair bound. Um, I watched him recently in Hatchet too. Are you serious? And something else. Are you serious? He wow. is not wheelchair bound. I thought for sure. I I I've I see. I even yeah, Garrett. I, Garrett. I thought for sure he would have been wheelchair. He would be wheelchair bound because of the fact that 
they didn't use somebody that's actually handicapped to play that role. I thought there'd be a bad, a lot of backlash. So I actually thought about this and I was like, oh no, he has to be because otherwise there's going to be a lot of backlash on it. Nope, there we go. Yeah, he, I saw him on uh, Key and Peele recently, uh, one of the Hatchet movies, and apparently he was in Blockers, which I huh. mentioned so I haven't seen So season one yet. got 54% and then season two, three, and four are all 100% on Rotten Tomato. It's a really funny... Uh, uh, clever comedy. Uh, right now, actually, season four is at eighty-eight percent. But it's it's just so cleverly written. It's so funny. It's great. It's basically a bunch of people working at Walmart. And if you liked Ugly Betty, it's a good it's a good uh, there you go yeah like kind of a good uh, filler for since that show's gone. Well, and it's exactly. still America Ferrera. <laughs> so it is actually yeah I. I it's fun. It's got its raunchy humor, but it's got its clean humor. It's got characters you hate to love and love to hate. Characters who are obviously there just as like filler comic relief, they but do. they work Shania, so well. Uh, as Nicole Connor, she's hilarious. But Dina, as the assistant manager of that store, is so funny to me. I love her. <laughs> and actually, one of the main characters in there, Jonah, eh, he's all right. <laughs> I don't really care for him Didn't as much you- as I do the side <laughs> character. And see, and then you got Nick coming in with the raunchiness on number five with Double D Season 3. Double D Season 3. Yeah, this is a sad note for me, and it should be a sad note for everybody. And that is that Daredevil is no longer going to be made. This is the last season of Daredevil that we get. It's, it's, it's It's really sad. This season was so freaking good. I mean, Vincent D'Olofrio as Kingpin is one of the best villains in the MCU universe for me. I, I'm just including these Netflix series into it. He is so damn good in this. And then they bring in Bullseye, and he is great here too. It's it's an end character, but it's not. he doesn't really matter. I mean, and in this whole season, Daredevil doesn't even wear his own costume. He, he He's trying to fight. He's trying to find his way back into it, and he goes back to his roots, his Muay Thai roots. And uh, actually, Bullseye actually uses his costume against him, and there's a whole there's a whole thing about that and finding his original parents and the priest. And uh, we did a podcast about it, guys. It's hey. yeah. Hey Nick. It's it's, it's okay. really <laughs> sad that it's not being made anymore. It was 13 episodes. It's really sad that Dude. actually Marvel Entertainment didn't want to to do marvel tv didn't want to sign up with it anymore and it's not even them it's netflix canceled it i did a podcast about it guys not only did i do a podcast about it i did a random about it when i found out some more information about it basically netflix didn't want to keep paying for these ips and they can't really be used anywhere else because netflix owns it it's so confusing it's so well done it's sad we only got three episodes three seasons but charlie cox is daredevil man Jeez. yeah <sighs> This is this is why I'm so like I am dreading, but excited for January 14th. Yeah, and and that looks amazing. I mean, but I'm dreading it too because we're getting because yeah. we're getting we're getting a really good villain. Yep. that was the same villain that was a really good makeup done in in season or in uh, the Punisher uh, 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 End War or War Game or whatever that terrible Punisher movie. Oh, yeah, excuse me, excuse me. First Dude, off, there's not been one good Punisher movie. I don't care what you have to say about okay, it. Okay, no, that he did a good job. And then because he did a good job playing Punisher, he actually got a role in Thor. 
Okay. So, actually, Marvel liked him as Punisher, and then they gave him... But when they didn't bring Punisher back, they gave him a role in Thor to play one of the three... One of the... But please, anyway. but please Marvel, John Berthold as Punisher, you can't change it now. He is it, so if you're going to cancel this... Bring him in. Bring him into the movies. Bring him into the MCU, guys. Bring him into the MCU. Bring John Bernthal into the MCU. Have him team up with Deadpool. Give yourself a little R-rated team. Let them go out. Let the, let Deadpool and the Punisher go out and have a heyday. We'll have to do a podcast about it. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> okay, so for, for me... God. So for me, my number five is The Haunting of Hill House. Guys, Netflix, if you want to get the... I, I thought it was a movie... And started to watch it, and I'm like, oh my god, it's a series. So then I had to watch the whole series. And this thing is creepy as all hell. It will f- screw with your head. You gotta watch it. Uber Uber need to watch. It's just, I'm watching so many other series right now. Uh, I finally got around to Supernatural, and I'm watching Sabrina, and I'm watching uh, MasterChef, and I'm wa- you know, I, I've got a whole bunch of stuff going on right now. Especially since I'm on semester break, so Again, I will knock get it off to with it all soon. the good shows. We can't get to them all. Number four, The Simpsons. Oh my god, this makes me feel old. Yep. Season thirty. Jesus this thing's god. been around since I was seven. Yeah, and you know, it, it's had its hits and misses over the last few seasons. The last season was mediocre. Uh, this season really surprised us because, like, every Monday we get on every Monday night. Pat gets off work at like 2 o'clock, and we sit down, and we sit and watch Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, and then afterwards, if we don't have anything else going on, we'll turn on The Simpsons. And so when the season premiered, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, it's season 30, we might as well watch it. This is one of the funniest seasons they've had in years. Like, we're like, like, holding our sides, laughing as hard as we were during Bob's Burgers and Family Guy, and it was, it, it, they've brought back a lot of their roots, and that, you know, not, uh, despite the fact that they got yeah. rid of Apu. Yeah, that is yep. ridiculous, because the whole, he's been on the show for 30 years, the whole show is yep. stereotypes and, and over-the-top characters, but, you know, people have to find something to be offended in in everything. The show is 30 years old, guys. And it is funnier than ever. I just really wish Bad Apu was there. And Bart's still, still the same grade. What's that, David? And Bart's still in the same grade. <laughs> that makes <laughs> you feel old. Uh, Simpsons is fantastic. I always keep yeah. up with it. Um, season 30, uh, it is funny. Um, and Apu not being in there. It, it, you kind of notice it, really, actually. And it's the bad internet. Yeah. No squishy yeah. mark. Uh, yeah. You know, I grew up on it. I've been watching it since I was a little bitty kid. And uh, when we went to Universal this summer, uh, we spent uh, quite a bit of time in Springfield. And I want to go. Is so did, you worth eat? It. did you eat at go the sit down. Did you go get? Did you get a squishy? I had oh. a Krusty Burger, a Flaming Mo, and a oh, uh, nice. Duff. That's a great so trio. Good. I've got the I've got the uh, Duff beer cups. Mm-hmm. They're like plastic, yep. like pilsners. I have them in my uh, cabinet over here. I use it for nice. root beer. <laughs> yeah, no, I I happened. I loved I love Springfield. Spent a lot of time right around there. Uh, I kept disappearing when the kids were waiting on some of the other rides. I kept disappearing into uh, into the uh, Mo's. <laughs> so. 
And uh, Vlast, who is in our Discord uh, and manages my website, for Christmas, um, he sent me a Quickie Mart and a Lisa Simpson keychain. So I have Lisa on my car keys and the Quickie Mart on my spare house keys. So shout out to Vlast for the Christmas presents. (laughs) Now, for number four for you, Nick, is Better Call Saul Season 4. Season 4, 99% of Rotten Tomato. Again, the writers from Breaking Bad, AMC, Vince Gilligan, Peter Gold. I mean, the show's writing is top-notch. The characters are beautiful, even though we lost one of the major characters at the beginning of the season, end of last season, uh, end of last uh, season three, sorry. At the beginning of season four, you kind of see how that plays into it and where the characters go from the beginning of season four to the end of season four. And Mike. I mean, I want a season of just Mike. I love Mike. Um, It's fantastic. Better Call Saul. You can't get better writing what these guys do. I'm just looking forward to the Jesse Pickman movie, and that's hopefully happening. that goes in. Yeah, I know, happening. and hopefully I want it to go into. I want it to spin off into his own Breaking Bad sequel, and then I want him to find Sal. That's I just well, that's what I want. I think they're doing a but, movie just to tie up his story because you don't really know what happened to him afterwards. No, I, I don't know, no, but that's the rumors. No, I have to say no. I want I, I want a whole Jesse Pickman story. Not a movie. Like you do a movie, then give me give me a new series after that. Because you know if it hits hard, AMC is not going to run away from money. They like to print money, and they do. Yes. Uh, so number four for me is Altered Carbon. Give me some more Poe and <laughs> go listen to our episode. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, great series. Can't talk enough about it. If you like sci-fi, you got to give this a chance. Do not watch it with children. Very rated R. <laughs> Number three, Silver. I'm see. I'm just gonna say something. I'm see. You went at like with the series, seeing a pattern. So yeah, I'm seeing a pattern here because you know, uh, movies. You had horror, and this you go into animation here. Uh, no, it's, it's Family Guy. No, it's first is cooking, then medical. Now we're animation. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it goes into it goes into straight. Okay. So family Guy season seventeen. Okay, so Family Guy is one, like, it gets so much flack, and I, I absolutely love it. I've watched it since 99, which I shouldn't have because I was only seven years old, but I have. I remember when it was canceled. I remember when it came back. Yeah, I have been a diehard fan for, oh my god, 20 years now. That's terrifying. That's on my mom. I was 17 uh, <laughs> when it started. Well, there you go, man. Ass. Uh, um, it also has has had its up, ups and downs, like uh, The Simpsons. You know, like last season was funny. Last season was good. A couple seasons before that were mediocre. This season is one of the absolute awesome. best. Like when I said that, you know, The Simpsons season thirty had us laughing as hard as Family Guy. Yeah, no, I'm talking about season seventeen. It is freaking hilarious. It starts off with like a brief story arc of Brian getting married to a chick with cancer. It is just, it's the whole thing, the whole season has just been so messed up, so random. It's back to, like, why I love Family Guy, and I am not, I've never been ashamed to say that I'm a diehard Family Guy fan. So, this season's made me very happy. Now, Nick, your next, your number three is a one that is very, like, I didn't have a god chance to watch yet. I don't know, is it Arplex? I don't know, buddy. 
okay. I don't know if it's on. I don't know if it's on our private streaming service. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because I, I want I want to see this one, and I haven't had a chance to. And I know I've heard you talking about. It, I've heard Cajun talk about it. And I know that it connects into all the other Stephen King universes, which is Castle Rock. Yeah, and at first I had this on my number one, but I had to kind of jumble my top three around it and what actually I really enjoyed and not ex- exactly what I-, I thought was the best show of the year. I, I went to out of my top three because it's kind of even about what I really enjoyed. So Castle Rock is number three, 87% on Rotten Tomato. It's a Hulu original series. It's basically a Stephen King love story. It ties in all different books from Stephen King. Uh, it's a mystery. It's a thriller. It's a horror. All wrapped into one. Uh, it's something that Silver definitely should watch. I'm surprised she hasn't watched it. Um, yes. But it's it's one of the best shows of 2018, hands down. Um, like Cajun was talking about, uh, I think he posted on his Twitter account. I think it was Cajun's number two of the year. And uh, I really, really love Castle Rock. And I haven't read all of Stephen King's books, and I didn't need to, but I did have to watch some YouTube sh- you know, series about Castle Rock. They kind of tied it in all for me. There's so much. You actually have to go outside the show to figure some of the things out. And but I love stuff like that. So. I do too. So it was great. It was over my head, so I went and figured it out. Now I, I'm, I'm up to date now. I need to watch, but I need to make husband watch Shawshank first. You have to watch Shawshank first he because he has not the seen it. First two episodes tie so deeply into Shawshank Redemption. Right, and once I heard that, because I've seen Shawshank Redemption a, a million times, but he's never seen it, so I picked up a copy in like a five dollar bet at Walmart, and that's something that we just haven't had a chance to watch, but yet because you know it's it's almost a three hour movie, you know the so one of these days from the warden in the back of the head that's going to the back mm-hmm. of the wall first yep. episode it gets referenced and i was like yes <laughs> i didn't mean to spoil yes. it for you but it was just so awesome <laughs> no no that's okay i'm okay with this <laughs> so number three for me is the magicians season three and the magicians is probably actually if it wasn't for my number two and my number one the magicians would be my number one like just media form it's based off the books uh, typically each season is two is typically two books and uh, it's just so good it's so good it's so good um, we're coming into season four and everybody was afraid when season three came out because typically season three is right around the tipping point where sci-fi even if something's good they cancel it that's not the case here and even if they did cancel I think Netflix would pick it up because this does such a good does so well on this and then actually magicians has done so well that sci-fi has actually quit uh they they quit blurring things out and quit uh quit uh they, they said okay this is sci-fi after dark you're gonna hear all the language shoot so you nice. get you don't get anything edited now on it that's really cool and it's just it's just such it is and they make fun of harry potter like they, they they'll have moments where they make fun of harry potter like so they recognize Harry Potter is a fictitious world. It's just so believable. I absolutely love magicians. I, if you like high fantasy, if you like, uh, I love the characters and how well they interact, the cast and everything. And there's, I mean, there's such complex love triangles. And I'm actually like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I originally wanted these two to wind up, but now I'm like, 
kind of want two of the main characters that are guys to wind up together because they just have such a good bond. I'm just like, I could see that happening. I'm like, I would be fine with that. I love their characters. Let's see it happen. I'm actually not really familiar with it, but I don't watch sci-fi. I haven't it's watched sci-fi Netflix. in... I haven't they watched have, sci-fi. They have, they have all three okay. seasons on Netflix. Watch them. You will thank me. This this series is like just... It's it's just so good. It makes me so happy every time an episode comes on. When the episode's over, I'm like, I need another one. I haven't watched sci-fi since they ended Face-Off, oh my God, so I haven't I heard of it, so I'll check too. it out. Love Face-Off. But, uh, so yeah, season three, guys, check it out. Just can't talk enough good things about it. Love it, love it, absolutely love it. Season four is going to be a one hell of a ride. And it's getting ready to come out. So we're on to number two. Number two for Silver, you got Bob's Burgers, season nine. You are right. The rest of my list is nothing but animation. (laughs) But, I mean, what can I say? I love these shows because I love the randomness. I love the satire. I love the the deadpan, the slapstick. It's like a mix of everything comedy just, like, smashed together into one. And we just spend our Mondays sitting here giggling together about it. Uh, Bob's Burgers is, like, the Albright household favorite. Like, we have the cookbook, the coloring book. Pat- Patrick's baseball cap has the logo Bob's Burgers. Like we watch it so much, we are rewatching it right now. <laughs> like we just started rewatching it again like two days ago because you know we finished, we got caught up on some other shows and we're like, oh well, I guess until after Christmas break and all our shows come back, we might as well watch this again. And it never stops awesome. being funny. And season nine is just as good as the rest of the series. And that is one thing that's amazing about Bob's Burgers is it doesn't change to the point that it gets weird or or worse or better. It stays the same okay, and I love say, it. I don't know. One of the episodes that I've seen really weird it was weird because it was the butthole episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's okay, pretty typical right. for Bob's Yeah, Bob's Burgers <laughs> is one of the, my favorite shows and it's one of the big reasons I bought Hulu and paid for Hulu because I want to be able to watch it just as much as I watch Parks and Rec or The Office. Those are my cleaning the house put on shows but the the whole episode's great there's one episode <laughs> where they use all different type of styles of animation the show doesn't get stale it's you know the characters don't get older they stay the same it's like the simpsons but it's much funnier to me it's i love it better than i love simpsons family guy you know american dad all that stuff boz burger is my number one animation show and fs for family is real close second now <laughs> yeah, Bob's Burgers is like the whole reason that we pay for Hulu because we use it every day. And like my husband stays up really late at night. So after I go to bed, he turns on Bob's Burgers every night. I hear it from upstairs every night. And on the note of animation and American Dad, uh, Hulu just added because it was canceled by Fox, picked up by TBS. Hulu only had the episodes from Fox. I kind of think Fox might have bought the rights back. I can't really find any information on it. Because they now have the TBS seasons with the Fox logo. Either way, that's another thing that we've been watching lately because that's another favorite in our house. But yes, Bob's Burgers is always number one here. number two for both Nick and I is Westworld. Westworld is just such a trippy, just dive down the rabbit hole series. And because of the fact that I've, I've watched Westworld, the original movie, and watched Future World, 
and it was so awesome to be able to go through with the uh, with the OG guys back in the day and go through and just kind of talk about things. But Silver, uh, there's a Westworld. Uh, yeah, this, okay. So Westworld was a movie that was made way way before its time with Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner was the gunslinger, the man and, in black. and man in black, and the ro- robot and everything. The, the special effects were so well done. It just is crazy. Like you can go back and you can watch it to this day and it had david garradine in it it just god it's just i think it was david garradine no i'm getting that mixed up with i'm getting that mixed up with death race sorry um but no it was just westworld was just so good it was and, a good 80s sci-fi movie and what was great about it what was great okay, about it is that it, it it doesn't uh westworld acts as a sequel to the movie and so it they because they referenced the incident and the incident was Westworld the movie, and so they go in through all this stuff and then like you know because of that I'm like okay there's all these different worlds well they open up season two they open up and they show you the different worlds you start to get introduced them there's still worlds we have yet to go to yet, um yeah we go to, anyway but we get to see elements of those worlds in season in uh, season two, and they have so, so many characters it. Again, this is a show that I listen to the OGs break down each episode. I listen to YouTube channels about it, trying to figure out the different mysteries and what's the circle and what's the maze in the middle. What is the man in the black really trying to achieve? It's one of those shows that you we're never going to be able to break it down right here because it would take each pod. You have to do an hour podcast on each episode. You have to look at YouTube videos, like I said. I mean, Dor- Dolores... Maeve, Bernard, Teddy, you know, Ed Harris is the man in black. And the first season, Anthony Hopkins in it. It just, it, the, the cast is stellar. The writing is top notch. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things about Westworld on HBO. Yeah, no, I, I'm the same way with it. Um, and this season only got 85% on Rotten Tomato, and it was better than that. But I think, but the thing I think people are really just confused. A lot of fans from season one. It was a little bit more laid out for them, and the season two makes you really think. So I think they lost a lot of people there. And they said season three, they are going to go back, and it's going to be more in your face, but it's not going to be so hafting to like, oh my god, have your head in for a spin. They'll still have moments, but they said they're going to bring it back to the fans. Yeah, season two was a thinker. Yes. Now, we're going into number one. Silver, you're number one. I really liked it, just didn't have a place on my should be on my list but i love i love the fact that it's in the, you know it's it's kind of in that same universe of simpsons and uh the disen- disenchanted season one but yeah wow yeah i see you're right it is all animation like if this if my horror movies my an- my animated comedy shows do not tell you anything about me then you're not paying attention uh so again i grew up with the simpsons i grew up with futurama and so when Disenchanted was announced, like, we were giddy. Especially with it being Netflix, because the thing with Netflix more, yeah, uh, it, originals... It gets to be a little more raunchy. You, exactly. You get more content. It's not censored. Which, you know, like, I, I, I'm not a censored person, if you guys have ever heard me <laughs> on the podcast before. And this is me being tame. Uh, so... I was really excited about it, and when it came out, we were really sad that it was only, like, ten episodes, but they were so worth watching. 
Like, the characters are great, the setting is great, it's hilarious, it's inappropriate, it's like the perfect mix between all the shows we love, but it's got such a Futurama feel, especially since it has a lot of the yeah. same voice actors, and it just, oh my god, we are so excited for, it doesn't say when yet, but if we go on Netflix, two, it says, yeah. new episodes coming 2019, and I am and very excited. Production, right? Says yes, animation, yes, says yes. drawings. You, you see the similarities between that and The Simpsons, and it's across the board. It gets rave reviews. Uh, so everybody should go out there if they like The Simpsons, Family Guy. It's right up there with them. Seriously, except it's medieval fantasy, which makes which it makes it fun. awesome. My number one has now. If I was like, I didn't. I didn't put it on there, but it would have been a number one contender, which would have been Castlevania season two. Would have been a number one contender uh, contender for me. So I'm giving it an honorable mention. If you like, if you like Americanized anime, and if you like, uh, if you like vampires or anything like that, any type of monsters or high fantasy, go check it out. But that's another thing. Don't watch it with your kid. This isn't your Nintendo. This isn't your Captain Captain Power. Simon Belmont, you know, with the giant chin. This is this is rated R action, but it is really, really phenomenally done, and it's actually very heart wrenching when you know the story of Dracula and just everything. It just it's it's a really it's just it's so well done, and that's I can't. This ag- is yeah, I can't agree with you more. And Castlevania is probably my favorite anime series of 2018. Yeah. And so, but my number one is also your number one, which is The Last Kingdom season three. I'm I am I have such a man crush on Uhtred of Bevinborough. I love Uhtred. He's he's so amazing. <laughs> Incidentally, he looks like the male. Like if if there was if I was like if there was a male version of Gina other than my boys, he's kind of they kind of they look like they could be siblings. So. <laughs> He's a but. great character. Um, if you have not seen The Last Kingdom, it is based off the novels by Bernard Cornwell. Uh, there's eight books. Each season is about two books. So we're about six books in now. So I'm hoping we get more than four seasons. But at this point in time, the way they've been telling the story, unless more books are coming out, uh, we might only get four seasons. I want more because the thing is, is what what you'll notice is if you watch season one, season one of this of this series was a BBC original. Netflix picked it up and purchased it, purchased it. So season two and season three, especially season three, you see that big budget increase. But season two and season three, you see a steady increase in the special effects and just in everything. Um, just the budget gets much much bigger and just for the listeners we had a show written out with the last kingdom we were going to break this season down but damien has some technical issues so we didn't get it done we will still do that show even though we're bringing it up now because there's so much to talk about between alfred yes and utrid and the relationship between the two of them it, it's so really good. compelling and it, it's more than just you know line them up and fight movie you know it, it's you know, it's on the same realm as Game of Thrones for me. Uh, to me, to me, this is to me, The Last Kingdom is better than Game of Thrones. I wouldn't say it's better because they have more money in HBO and they could tell the stories of all the ancillary characters. In The Last Kingdom, 
you only get so much of that uh, because I believe the budget and the timing and, and how the books are written. And also they're jamming two books in the each season, which is kind of disappointing. You could have did eight seasons of this show, but okay, maybe okay. they didn't think it was going to blow up as much as it did. But it's, I mean, it's one of the best shows on TV. It's, it, uh, I believe it's getting over 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Each season has, uh, I can't say enough good things about the show. And Damien, this is why it's my number one. I saw it year number one and I didn't have it my number one. But I looked at Westworld, I looked at Castle Rock, and I said, which one did I have more fun watching? Which one was more compelling to me? And it just happened to be The Last Kingdom. It really is, man. It's so I watched amazing. every season that I saw The Last Kingdom, I watched in two days. I agree with you. I, I think like, it maybe I couldn't stop. three days. I couldn't stop either, man. You wanted to it's, know what's happening next. And, and I mean, this season, and, uh, we gotta, we'll have to do the show about it. Cause yeah, I want to But this say is, this is prop. Yeah. This is big props to Cajun. Cajun, uh, you know, OG Cajun. He, he turned me on to the show, uh, talks about Uchud being the luckiest and unluckiest person he's ever, he's ever seen on any type of film or, or series. And it's very true. And it is just such, such an amazing day. If you like Vikings, if you like Game of Thrones, guys, give it a show, give it a go. Guys, that is, it for our end of the year show casing tv and movies uh it's a big episode man it's two hours and 25 minutes so far guys and we could have talked a lot more you know us and and also we haven't had to you know i've been away from the mic for a while if i didn't have to work early in the morning i mean i wouldn't be so goofy right now but oh god it's good to be back uh Let's just, uh, in closing, guys, there's a lot of things we're working on this year. We have finally, we are sat down and had meetings. We are testing out new email addresses and other, other things right now. And we are doing all our moves towards getting that new webpage up for you where you'll start seeing articles by us. Hey! And uh, just a whole new slew of content, uh, streaming and all this stuff and YouTube videos coming your way covering a variety of things including uh stuff like you know mental health awareness knowing when to take a break from things and maybe uh finding ways healthy ways to utilize video gaming as video gaming and watching series and finding uh really good groups uh in discord that you can talk to about all sorts of things that just you know talking about series and talking about things that help clear your mind silver uh, these are things we're also working on over at Silver Soul Gaming, especially in partner with uh, Geekologist. Um, and here within the next few weeks, you can see a full revamp of the site. Uh, we are starting some new stuff on Twitch. If you want to head to our website or our Discord or whatever and check that stuff out, uh, you can always just let it, hit us up for uh, the links. Looking forward to seeing the new website, Silver. Ooh, it's going to be pretty. <laughs> Shiny new for 2019. Nice. Uh, Nick, you got anything to say in closing for the year for the year in show? It's been a rough year, 2018. Um, obviously, me and Damien have been doing this show for I've been on for over a year now. Um, yep. Silver comes on. We've had some other people come on, um, but we really want to make this show something that we can reach out and do so- and talk about stuff that we really like. And Damien's saying it's almost like a therapy. Plus, I get to hang out with my brother-in-law, I get to hang out with Silver or Rez or whatever. And it's cool because we don't live in the same area, but we enjoy the same things. So for people that are out there that are dads or moms and enjoy this stuff, but sometimes don't have a lot of time, 
we, we give you the best stuff that you can enjoy the time that you should you should be using it for so you know if you want to play a little spider-man a little you know PUBG, a little Fortnite, whatever we kind of touch it all but in 2019 we definitely want to change things up and we and we will talk about that in the first couple of uh, shows for january in 2019 with that guys you can find us on twitter at geekologist radio minus t for character restrictions we're going to go on there we're going to do a big revamp also of the twitter and stuff like that we we tried different things for growth way back when we first got started it helped a little bit then it hindered us uh we got to go back and go through a lot of removal of some people that maybe you shouldn't have followed but you know it's learning it's growing pains all that kind of stuff uh silver we can find you on twitter at where silver gaming yes. usa or silver soul x one zero nice. i have two accounts and nick where can we find you you can find me on twitter at nick and pdx yelling about the seahawks losing today it's disappointing <sighs> I'm not a fan, but I'm yelling about that, too. (laughs) We all do. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damian Nash, all one word. Be sure to stay stay tuned onto that Twitter page because, you know, I go live on Mixer with my with with uh, my stream team. And that stream team happens to be one of our content providers, which is Games with Chin, Mr. Keith and uh, Folded Broom. And then we also have Fox, and it's just uh, it's a really awesome group of people to stream with. Anytime I'm on with them, it's it's like I'm 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 hanging out with family. Like they are family, and they're going to be doing a lot more with us in the coming in the coming year. And uh, I look forward to introducing you guys all to to them here very soon through different uh, shows and other forms of content that we're going to be producing for you guys. Uh, so. Be sure if you guys hear this, if you're interested and you want to talk to us and you're not so into the, you know, social media, you can check our Facebook page out. You can check our Twitter page out. If you're not interested in those things, but you want to get in contact with us, email us at geekologistradio at gmail.com. Find us on ninjapancake.com and soon a brand new geekologistradio.com will be rising up blog style we're going to have all sorts of stuff on there you're going to get daily blogs for like trying for like trying to eat healthy and things like that from a few of us we're going to be giving different exercises you can do while gaming guys because a lot of the stuff is movement uh there's a lot of people now you know we're getting older and there's the age average age of gaming is going up but the problem is is that we get so in tune to our games and we forget to move and blood clots are very dangerous with that guy this old man is going to bed. We're out.